Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your all-in recap, your WWE pay cap per- payback predictions and also your all out predictions and also cm punk like a fucking professional psychopath ain't a professional that and a whole bunch more tonight (laughs) on the band for ringside podcast Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Beggy, a.k.a. Jobbenheimer. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, Jason? Uh, don't mind me. I'm just choking over here listening to CM Punk getting drug early. We ain't even 30 seconds into the podcast. God. Damn! On that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Reefside Podcast, Volume 323, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And a good smart say it, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity at BFR. Huh. I hope you like all in because we're talking a lot about this tonight. <laughs> if you don't, you might as well fast forward to the payback prediction portion of the program, but we'll get to that later. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Coleman, what's going on? Two beers, Zach. Three beer, Wes. Oh, nice? man. Just uh, over here brainstorming what CM actually means. I don't know. It's like controversy magnet or catastrophic mistake or <laughs> confidence <laughs> mirage or or cunning manipulator championship myth i don't know pretty good cowardly menace i yeah. just i just feel like grabbing him and saying Act like a fucking professional psychopath ain't a professional <laughs> okay we're coming at you from absolutely gorgeous St. Charles, Missouri. It is Thursday night. Uh, settling in for some wrestle talk, just with the baby to bed. Uh, Zach had an eventful week. I don't know, Zach. Did you want to share with the people uh, what you what you did this week? Uh, yeah, I can. I'll share it uh, eventually, soon as soon as I have a tape. But uh, did my first stand up set. So did uh, five minutes at my local Helium Comedy Club here in Portland. So that was uh, pretty good. Good feeling, and I'm going to do more of that. Can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Uh, It's going to be a two-man pod here in like six months to a calendar year. I'm calling it right now. Because he's going to get famous? Of course. You think he's going to quit potting with us if he gets famous? He's he's going big time. Let's he watch. could be like Bill Burr size, and he still still be podcasting with us. That's, he'll be, he'll be down to, to like once a month. I choose to believe that. <laughs> All right, let's there's, go. There's no way I'm blowing up, but uh, even if I did, I'd, I'd still do this probably twice a week. Yeah. See, yeah, because he'd have so much, much more time, fucking time. time. <laughs> yeah. say, we're still doing it once a week. <laughs> it's Thursday only, man. I ain't blown up like you. Uh, let's get to that three counts. One, two, three. We'll only be doing it one time a week. He'll be doing it twice a week. He'll be saying, Am I the only professional? Uh, let's get uh, JC, JCB. <laughs> yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, you are. JCB, why don't you kick it off? Uh, let's get into it. No need to the, the labor to... 
the process. Uh, all in Wembley Stadium Sunday afternoon. I guess it was, it was 11 o'clock, zero hour uh, in the morning, and then noon started the pre-show. Obviously, we can start with the, I would, su- I would say one of the, not, I won't say shocks, but upon retrospect, because I watched it again today, I see what they were doing, and it all kind of makes sense. I still don't like it, but neither here nor there. Aussie Open loses the ROH tag team titles to MJF and Adam Cole, opening up the zero hour. Um, I was thinking I wanted to do a live stream to put some content on BFR Pi for uh, YouTube because I just got StreamYard. I was thinking, you know, I I should do a live stream. I'm sure glad I didn't because your boy, (laughs) I'd had all kinds of reactions, good, bad, and indifferent. And this would have been one of those where immediately was like, what the fuck? Um, As an Aussie Open fan, of course, I'm going to be a little upset with this. And then my knee-jerk reaction was to get pissed off. I get it upon retrospect again, like I said, watching it again this time. And the knee-jerk reaction, watching it the first time, I get it. But it just didn't sit right with me, obviously. Um, And then from there, Jack Perry and Hook for the FTW title. Jack Perry apparently making noise before he even gets to the ring. Um, Okay, you're telling me to, I guess, pump (laughs) the brakes? Pump the brakes. I I don't... I don't want to be – I'm not trying to boss you around or anything. No, take you're control a of your account. You're a quarterback. It just seems like one aspect of this has taken over the entire discourse, and I would just like to give the show its love before we get into the fucking – like a fucking professional. Bullshit. That's, that's, that's all I was thinking. I'm, look, I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm okay. not right. I'm not stopping to talk about this. I'm just saying – Fair enough. I'm – Painting the picture. That was just that was involuntary with my hand. No, just like fuck. Stop that fucking asshole. Okay, no, because a part of the, to at least to me, I didn't understand it when it happened. But when he looked, when Perry looked into the camera, it was like you know, he banged on the you know the uh, the windshield. Was like you know that's real glass. You know, stop acting soft or whatever he said. I was just like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? I mean, you know, that doesn't make sense. I mean. I get it, you know, it's real glass, and, you know, the suplex happens through the glass and all that other good shit, you know, nice, you know, kind of brutal spot or whatever, but I never really got it until after the fact when it came out. So, long story short, MJF and uh, Adam Cole, baby, win the ROH titles in zero hour, and then Hook defeats Jack Perry to win the FTW title. Two title changes in zero hour. Interesting start to the show. Then we can jump into the main show. Anybody want to talk about the zero hour? Um, Zach, what do you think? Uh, I love the pre-show. I think they've gone up in quality since um, they stopped doing, like, just, like, three or four matches, and they started doing more of, like, a WWE thing. Like, Renee is an absolute delight, and she adds a lot to it. I like the panels, like, getting those guys, like, Paul White and stuff that you don't really see on TV or anything that they're there, you know, I like that format. Like, it's kind of easy the end of the whole thing. You can kind of, like, walk around and, like, you know, get yourself situated and do some shit and just kind of pay attention to it. It's a it's a good formula. And, uh, yeah, the I was very surprised about the Better Than You Bay Bay 
kind of pleasantly surprised on the opposite side of JCB. Um, I was like, oh, shit. Um, it's going to add a wrinkle because we kind of had an idea, a preconceived notion of what was going to happen, that there was going to be tension. And then them not giving that payoff yet and giving us a different payoff, I was like, oh, this is even more interesting. And then the uh, Jungle Boy hook match, uh, I thought overachieved. I wasn't really, I didn't really give a shit about that match. And they were out there working hard. Like you could tell, like they had their working shoes on. And uh, I, I did know that little backstory about the Jungle Boy wanting to do a real glass spot. And when he looked in the camera and said, that's real glass, cry me a river. I was like, oh shit. And I was like, that's probably not good. Uh, just for CM <laughs> <laughs> Punk's like, so skin. What that motherfucker then, say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah, for we'll him talk right about that here. later. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that later. But uh, I, I thought, like, if you're trying to sell pay-per-views, like, this was an absolutely great way to do it. They had Paul White and uh, Anthea Gogo, Grado, beat down Jeff Jarrett and Cruz. So, I mean, it, it did really feel like a a WWE pre-show in that sense. I didn't, I really didn't even trip off of it until you said that. But, yeah, um, the panel, you had guys coming off the panel to get into action a little bit, and then you had the two uh, pre-show matches. So, yeah, it, it it felt like WWE. There's no question about it, at least in, in my mind. Um, I'll say that I was watching this live. Like Jason said, it was 11 a.m. I'll admit I wasn't completely glued into the zero hour. I was trying to find a way to watch the pay-per-view uh, without paying for it, and I was also <laughs> solo parenting, so I, I, had some, I had some stuff going on here. That being said, what I did see, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with both of you a little bit in different places, and kind of against you, but also kind of out of my own. I thought the hook in Jack Perry was really good. I was pretty disappointed in a very nerdy way about Aussie Open dropping the titles in less than seven minutes to MJF and Adam Cole. And I'm a little surprised that Jason, I mean, you said you were pissed off. Fair enough. I bet that, I bet that you were piping hot because Adam Cole, this is, this is one of your big things is that uh, tag teams that are actual tag teams that like have matching outfits and have a name for the team and not, not the two people being put together. You mean together, like, like better than you, Bebe? Like better than you, Bebe, or <laughs> Swerve in our glory. <laughs> I can't believe they're actually calling them that. That's Yeah. It's really bad. Um, but I know that you think that tag teams should have a kayfabe advantage over teams that haven't been together as long. And not only that, but I'm a little surprised at Zach, too, because I know that Aussie Open, you've, I mean, you've been on board with Aussie Open and shouting from the rooftops about them for a while now. And they played, yeah, they played like they through. played like comedy jobbers here. Yeah, I guess I'm not worried about them, right? Uh, I think that they're gonna shine, and I think it almost kind of I kind of think thought that they were above the ROH title anyway. Um, so, but then why not elevate wow. the ROH titles? I mean, that yeah, so many belts. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> for fucking sure. Oh, uh, I'm not going to disagree with that. I just think that it was just a. If you're going to take the titles off of them, just just do it better than that. Not a lot of, uh, but really, we got plenty of more wrestling to talk about. I mean, I thought that I didn't have very high expectations for Jack Perry and Hook, and I liked it quite a bit. Agreed. I, did, I did not know what Jack Perry was yelling about. 
when he yelled into the camera. I just thought he was a heel healing off. Turns out that's kind of what he was doing. So pretty much. <laughs> uh, okay, what's next, Jason? Okay, so obviously with the confrontation out of the way between Punk and Jack Perry backstage, Punk decides to come on out and play ball. Plays ball with us and faces Samoa Joe in the curtain jerker uh, for the real world heavyweight championship. Um, I believe this is a 13, 14 minute match. No surprises here. Punk goes over. I thought this was a good match. It got the crowd invested into it. I thought Joe was looked like he was having way too much fun at certain points, getting the OA chant going, doing Hogan. Doing Hogan, where both, what, both of them were doing it. Yeah, that was going to say it, it wasn't just him. Uh, they both end up doing it. I think it was more so uh, Samoa Joe getting it, doing it. We've seen CM Punk doing it. Now Samoa Joe was doing it. They kind of did a little swerve where Joe always steps aside when somebody's doing the uh, the dive off of it. So he got it swerved on that one, but then later on swerved CM Punk. So I mean, it was a nice dichotomy of you know back and forth. Kind of wrestling, pe- pe- yeah. Pepsi plunge off the top rope finishes the match. Um, kind of felt like an abrupt ending, but the the guy that I thought was going to go over went over. So ultimately, it wasn't the biggest deal in the world, at least length of time for match. Um, I was surprised that he won with a Pepsi plunge. I think that's why it felt abrupt. I didn't think he was going to win with it. I, th- I thought Joe was kicking out. Honestly, it for for me it was it had to take something like that yeah. for me to be like okay, Joe lost he got pinned and that's how it happened. Okay, off the top rope Pepsi plunge. Okay, I can feel that. What do you think about it, Zach? Yeah, I thought this match was really good. I just thought it was a really solid pro wrestling match, and I mean. Again, these guys are much older than they were in ROH, and those are very different styles of matches. But uh, they worked an absolutely great match, and I, I'd say it was like you know like four, four point two five if I'm like giving them a star rating. And um, yeah, it was like fun. Told a told a fun story. They obviously have good chemistry with each other, and I also thought it was kind of abrupt with the Pepsi plunge. But then I was like, well, they're not going to beat that spot. Like the mat, like they ended on a high note, so. Yeah, I mean, this is my probably like my third favorite match of the night on a card where I liked most of the matches. I think this is kind of Punk's sweet spot. Like, stop trying to go too long. 13 or 14 minutes is enough time for a Joe versus Punk match, especially if it's the curtain jerker and if it, especially if it's for a non-title. Sorry, that's not a title. You know, the ti- you know what the title is? ROH TV title. That's a title. Your real world championship ain't a title. Anyway, this match was really fucking good. <laughs> I still got to go off on Punk. But, I mean, this match is, yeah, like like Zach said, there wasn't much flashy about it. But, man, no. it was good. No. Um, there was also no mystery as to who was going to go over. And it was still really good. No, uh, Punk getting busted open, I thought, gave a little, uh, a little more, I guess, I won't say drama, but just... Got me invested a little more. Yep. Not saying it was. Busted open in the opening match. Damn, man, get that shit out the way. That table was there for a reason. Yeah. 
Um, that is, I bet Bubba Ray would have yelled at Punk about that, the way he yelled at our boy Kurt Stallion when he went out there for that Ring of Honor show. No, I was about to say that was... You don't see a whole lot of bleeding in the opening match is all I'm saying. You kind of save that for later in the card. Oh. I mean, that's the traditional way of thinking about it. So you going to walk up to see him Punk and yell at his ass? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do is uh, let him walk all over me if I'm Tony Khan, right? We'll see on Sunday. I, I still think he's gonna be there. I'll be book the territory. <laughs> Somebody needs to take man, get that motherfucking line, man. Goddamn. Next up, I just went real Jim Cornette on you. I promise. <laughs> That's the most Jim Cornette I'll go for the rest of the night. Next up, you had Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Takoste Takeshita. Um, interesting match. I just, I would, at least this is just my perspective on things. And obviously, everybody else could just chime in on it when uh, they get to turn on the mic. Just quick knee jerk reactions. It's just felt like it's been a while since we've seen Adam Page. I almost forget he's a world heavyweight champion. But when they had the fireworks for him, I was like, okay, you know, they're get, showing him some love. Kota Bushi, second match in, not necessarily any better than the first. The. I guess triangle uh, moonsault spot, obviously one of the big misses there. I don't know if it's just it's still ring rust or just lack of conditioning. Say it. He's washed. I'm not saying he's washed. I just think right now this isn't the Dakota Bushi that I remember seeing before he got hurt. No, I, I think ring rust is the culprit. He didn't look 100%. I would rather go with ring rust myself. Ultimately, I thought this was a good match um, to catch the sneaking out. And I, I hate to use the word sneaking, but he did come behind Kenny and rolled him up. Didn't pull the tights. It was a clean win. But in all the chaos that was going along, to catch the takes advantage to get the pin. And I think that's important. That's if there's any sort of plan long term for Takeshita he needs to to beat guys that fans see as top tier guys Kenny Omega is one of those guys so in that scenario it it sets up obviously the all-out match and whatever long-term storylines they have between Don Callis and Kenny Omega I like the match I can't sit there and lie I just it was just some just certain parts of it was just a little off Zach, what do you think? Yeah, a uh, really fun match with an excellent finish uh, that leads to um, a match, a singles match that everybody wants to see on a pay-per-view that not a whole lot of people are overall probably going to want to pay $50 for after this show. Um, we talk about that later. but um, Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I saw somebody describe Juice Robinson as broken Seth Rollins. <laughs> that was so good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. And he's got so much charisma. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, the, I think the only the only downside of this match was, uh, was Coda. You know, um, it, it's got to be tough to be, like, one of the top three to five best in the world at something. And then just not be like after an end. Like, that's got to be so psychologically fucked. Um, so it might be hard for him to overcome that. And, and you know, he's, he's no spring chicken. Like, we've talked about it. He, he looks young, but like the dude's in his 40s. And, uh, man, I'm younger than him. And if he feels anything like me, um, Jesus Christ. 
But um, yeah, uh, looking forward to the singles match. And then uh, what else was I going to say about this? Oh yeah, with Paige. Um, you know, I think about that too. But I think you know he he helped carry AEW through its really peak. And um, I think that uh, he has that, you know, brand new baby. He's probably just uh, kind of enjoying enjoying that and getting so much deserved kind of time off. But he's still relevant. So uh, this was my I had two favorite matches of the night, and I'm having a hard, I go back and forth as to which one was my favorite. But this was one of them. I love this match. This seemed to me the most like a New Japan match rather than anything on the card. It makes sense because five of those dudes were in the 2018 G1, five of those guys, and then Takeshita was the one that wasn't. Uh, that's a stacked fucking uh, line. That's a stacked fucking match, and these guys made it count. This was a really fun, really well choreographed six-man match. I fucking loved it. Now, watching it the second time, um, and that's why I wanted to watch it the second time. It was the first time – you usually miss something, especially, you know, you can go to the bathroom or, you know, from my ass, watching the cats, smoking the cigarettes, smoking other things, you tend to miss some shit. Um, I, lo- I love Jay White in this match. I really did. I mean, Takeshi to me is the MVP of this match, if there is an MVP, because he's, he's the guy that is the brightest shining star out of all six, and there's no knock against anybody. I you think. cool with the roll-up, or do you wish you were the one with – I'm cool with the roll. No, I'm cool with the roll up because it it it's a clean win. Yeah. No matter what, it's a clean dub. So now you have put doubt in the mind of at least in kayfabe style. You've you've at least put doubt in the mind of Kenny Omega, and now he he has to think about can I beat this guy? Takesh is a a man beast right now, and if he a year from now, I would be. Surprise if he has not won at least one singles title. I'll uh, go that far. Yeah, I am looking forward to that match this weekend. Uh, fuck, there was one. Oh, I kind of marked out when Jay White and Ibushi stood in the middle of the ring and squared off. And the crowd, there was kind of like a, you could hear the crowd. Some people recognized what that was. They had a huge uh, rivalry going back a few years. Excalibur expounded on that. And that was good. But that's, I guess there's, there isn't the other thing. When they did, you know, you know, go face to face, I was like, wow, I do remember this. And I shouldn't, and as, as wild as it is, Jay White's still been on the scene, even though he's out of New Japan, but Kota Ibushi obviously hasn't. And you really hadn't seen him since the Kibu- his split with New Japan. The Ibushi return hasn't energized us as much as I thought it might like a year ago when you talked about it, when if we would fantasy book it or whatever. For all three of us, it seems like. Um, Jason, what was next? FTR versus the Bucks. Uh, rubber match for the AEW t- tag team titles. I thought at this point, this is my favorite match of the night. Uh, callbacks galore. Um, plenty of... Just, I wouldn't say mental mind games, but just you really had to pay attention to the first two matches because they were definitely callbacks to the third, especially in the scenario where Cash Wheeler goes for the 450 and he misses. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, do not tell me they're going to lose like this again. So in that scenario, you had to really kind of know the backstory to come into this. A part of me was really thinking as the match was going along that the Bucks were going to win it. 
just because of how the match was kind of flowing back and forth and then more so towards the end where it felt like the Bucks had, I think it was Cash Weird. Uh, no, it was Dax, I think. And he had Dax uh, getting ready for the uh, the BT trigger and then Dax ducks. And I was like, okay, you know, now we got a match again. So, I mean, for me, this was one of the better matches of the night overall. At this point, it was the match of the night. FTR goes over. Doesn't mean that they're the greatest tag team in the world. Just means they're the best tag team right now. But ultimately, I thought this was another great chapter and a, a book that probably has more chapters to come. Just because they've done this three, I feel like they're probably going to end up doing like a best of seven when it all said and done. But at least chapter three goes to FTR in a really well played out match. Uh, Zach, what you think? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was very excited for this match, and like the first half of it didn't really like click for me. And I don't know if I just need to rewatch. I mean, it really picked up uh, about halfway through, and yeah, lots of callbacks, lots of kind of um, you know just homages to other stuff. They were doing a lot of each other's moves. You know, kind of like the whole story was that these teams know each other so well, and that they are the two best tag teams doing it and they were kind of pulling out all the stops but uh early on you know it just looked like it looked like matt jackson was like fucking gas and like they did this kind of like suplex uh exchange that was like really kind of did not come off very well like him and dax and uh i think it was him and dax and i was just like man i was like this really just isn't clicking and then it eventually did um i'd like to check it out again because i've had i've heard other people describe this as like the best match of the night and for me, it was, like, my least favorite of the three so far. And it was, like, not my favorite match on the card by far. Um, so I'll have to check it out again. Um, once again, um, I feel like Zach and I have switched places, like Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. Like, I <laughs> I thought that this was tits. I, I especially I'm, – I'm with you, Zach, that the first – it it got off to a slow start and kind of a, kind of a, kind of like a wonky start. It was like they they were just off, and that might have been exactly what Zach said. The last seven or eight minutes was tremendous. If you give yourself over to the young bucks, if you let the young bucks just waft over you, and you don't mind a ton of super kicks, really choreographed shit, and uh, kickouts after kickouts after kickouts, then you're not gonna like. A box match, but if you just let it wash over you and you know what you're getting, they are so much fucking fun. And I'll say the same thing about that that six man match. It was the same kind of thing. Like you kind of have to be like, okay, this is the style of match that these guys are gonna have, and they're gonna have a match where there's not a whole lot of selling, but man, there's a whole lot of cool shit. And it's gonna and when it when it clicks and when it's really smooth, it's like the best. The absolute best. And uh, that's what the last seven or eight minutes of this was. A um, couple notes about this uh, match. The first one being is I thought the Revivals thing was no flips, just fists. What the fuck is that hypocrite Cash Wheeler out here doing 450s for? Man, he's, he's going for it, dog. That's, he's swinging for the fences, That's one thing I loved is we saw that in a previous match. That was a callback to a previous match, and it cost them. Yeah, I should have um, brought so- it up then. Yeah, and that was I think I think he absolutely did it for that reason. It was them like I said, kind of adopting each other's styles a little bit and um and doing each other's moves and that 
actually, you know, I thought it was actually going to be Dax because Dax is way less likely to do that shit. Um, I was like, oh man, I was like, Dax is going to pull out a flip and he's going to, that's going to cost them the title. And that did not go like that at all. Don't talk about his little girl. Um, (laughs) The other other thing, the other thing that I was going to say, and you guys will be happy to hear, I can now tell the difference between Matt and Nick Jackson. Nick is got his hairline is way further back. You guys should have been saying that the entire time. All this shit that Matt, <laughs> Dude, Matt already I, looks like Matt Jackson. I just thought that they had different faces. No, they don't have different faces. Jesus they have the exact Christ. same face, but one of them's way balder. And now I got it down. So, like on Dynamite last night, I was like, "That's Matt. That's Nick." I was like telling the baby that. I was like, "Look," I was like, "Nick's got the hair. His hairline's fucked." He's got the LeBron hairline. That's easy. Dude, Nick is also low-key hilarious. Uh, if you ever watch Being the Elite, like, that dude is underrated funny. Uh, underrated great wrestler, too, uh, even as half of the best tag team in the world. Uh, this match ruled. Best hot tag in the business. Anyway. Yeah, this match ruled. What was next, Jason? <laughs> uh, uh, Stadium Stampede, uh, BCC. Uh, in this scenario, you had um, Moxley, Claudio, and Willer Yuta with the returning Mike Santana. Didn't know he had a first name, but good to know this. I and sure as fuck didn't know it was Mike. <laughs> I was just like, why are they? I'm like, why are they calling him Mike? Who the hey, fuck is Mike? Pedro, <laughs> Javier, <laughs> Hector. Okay, okay. Now see. That is, I'm just going to say it. That's a tad bit racist. Cause it's, and, I, and I'm going to call Rafa, us all to the carpet Rafa, on this one. Raphael? <laughs> we act like that's supposed to be his name. I think there was a guy named Raphael Santana that played for the Twins or something. The Mets. <laughs> the Mets. <laughs> See, it's a good name. He remembered it. I was about to say, wait, wait, wait. He plays for the Mets. Fuck it. Let's go with Mike. Louis. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Um, the Heels versus uh, Best Friends, uh, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and who was the fifth guy? Uh, Penta, Elsa, Mural. Okay, so that, let's start there because that that's kind of my first problem with it. The first two Stadium Stampedes I loved. I'm pretty sure I had them both on my one of my match of the years for the Beefers, which is, if you know me, that's very, very surprising because usually Stadium Stampede matches or anything of those ilk usually just doesn't appeal to me, doesn't apply to me, but the first two were good. The, the third one, I did not say it was – I'm not going to say it was not good. There was times where the shit got to go over the top. Penta going out and coming back. You don't say yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Pentagon and coming back, I don't even need that shit. Either stay or just stay gone. One or the other. To me, the the MVP of this match was Orange Cassidy. For somebody that has just been kind of blah, 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 I don't care about anything, then all of a sudden by the end, he's pulling out forks, he's trying to stab everybody and their mama. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy at this point? I thought he he was being professional. He's just trying to stab everybody like he was supposed to. Um, I thought Orange Cassidy watching him 
transform just in the match itself where when Moxley pulled out the fork, you could see, like, you know, his, his face is like, oh, man, fuck, you know, this is just really going to get really fucking ugly to the end where he's just like, you know, I'm grabbing my hand up, I'm punching the glass, and I'm going to fuck somebody up. I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? Do not get me wrong. It was very, very good. It's not going to be the match of the year candidate, very, very good, but nonetheless, entertaining. The baby faces go over, courtesy of the said Orange Cassidy Superman wrapped in glass punch. I'm not, I'll let you guys speak on it. Honestly, I thought this was probably the third best of the stadium stampede. Well, I shouldn't say that because there was the other one before that, but at least the ones that I consider the last three. Do we think that the best stadium stampede was the empty no. stadium one? No. You guys do. I don't. I think I do. Just for that I spot where Hang, just for that spot where Hangman Page started the clothesline like eighty yards in the background, and he was <laughs> he was running towards the camera the whole time, and they timed it perfectly. God, that was great. We don't yeah, talk that about that thing. enough as a society. <laughs> Are you not? That's bullshit. Anytime you bring up Sammy Guevara, him getting ran over by that golf cart is going to be on that oh, that you know running clip in some form yeah. or fashion. That was great stuff. Okay, thank you. That motherfucker will never die. Never. Yeah, I uh, this match. The only issue that I had with it was it wasn't Stadium Stampede. Uh, I think they. I think they are now using Stadium Stampede and Anarchy in the Arena interchangeably, just depending on the venue, because Wembley is the stadium. But this was more Anarchy in the Arena. Stadium Stampede had those like great, like kind of choreographed cinematic spots, and that wasn't this. But this was still just absolute bedlam and so much, so much fun. You just can't even keep track of it. And like Jason said, MVP was Orange Cassidy. I mean, shout out to Penta for actually being able to, he broke a ladder like fully and it had like no rungs on it. And he was able to still do a sunflip flip power bomb. Uh, I saw. That scared the fuck uh, out of me. I'm like, dude, stop, stop, stop. Get off the ladder. Get off the fuck. That's why I was starting to get mad. I was like, okay, just X this spot. It's not supposed to happen. We figured some shit out, but just stop with this ladder, please. For the love of God. And then right, right around that time, Ortiz and Beretta went through a table on the outside, and the camera just is on them, and they're basically just patting each other like, oh, great, we didn't die. Like, yeah. good job, buddy. <laughs> I, I caught you that, okay? too. You okay? You <laughs> okay? I caught that, too, in the moment. I was like, that's really funny. I don't even mind. Yeah. That. No, no. I don't either. I'd rather see that they're okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to say that, yeah, Orange Cassidy being MVP and – that was the first time, if you don't watch New Japan, that people got to see Moxley with the chopsticks. I think that's a great visual that'll stand out for people. But uh, Moxley and Eddie finally getting a little bit physical, like pretty much the match ends because Eddie uh, gets pissed and he tackles Moxley through a barbed wire table, and then they're just like kind of stuck there. And Kingston's got his middle finger right in Moxley's face, <laughs> you know, at the end. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but. Uh, yeah, this was just so much fun, and then I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, who has to follow this? Yeah, this match was uh, this match was exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, I, I thought Penta coming out with a different costume on meant a lot more to him than it did to anybody. I did I did not understand what the fuck was going on. Neither it, did, it did not. 
I, I was, thought that was being. I was like, oh, whose music is playing? I thought that was being Dax Harwood for the sake of being Dax Harwood. Stop being like being Marky. Coming, kind of like dude love like going back it's, coming back out of Texas Jack or thank something. Thank you. Yes. Great great analogy. Thank you. I'll tell you what, that is a hell of a first five matches to open up a card. Or is that the first four? Yeah, One, I two, was three, watching four. this and I was like, Oh my god. I was like, This show is fucking awesome. No, I was thinking after that, after the stadium stampede, I was like, "This is going to be the greatest pay per view." <laughs> I really was. Oh my god! That, I mean, it started <laughs> off incredibly. Even though I didn't so like this, even power. though I didn't like this, I still was like, I still had a really like you know positive, good vibe going about it. I was liking the show. Yeah, me too. Uh, what was next? And then this happened. Oh. Fatal four-way for the women's title. Britt Baker, Sheeta, Tony Storm, and the returning Soraya back to her home country, her home, I guess, London is her home city, whatever the case may be. Eight minutes and 34 seconds, if I read it correctly, on cage match, strike one. Strike two to me is even putting the belt on Sheeta at this point to now fly her over. And even though she didn't take the pin, she's not the champion anymore. Soraya is the champion. Okay. Strike three is not even building Soraya up she to a point. She from Japan, dude. I don't give a London's, rat's ass. Uh, a fucking, I don't give a rat's ass. The disrespect of Sheeta continues. She flies How about Cessna. that? Do you. The fact that Bianca Belair is not only the shortest and the longest reign champion in WWE on the women's side isn't even a blink of the eye because the longest reign is the one we think about. Her Sheeta's longest reign never even gets mentioned until it's time to mention her, until we time to build her up, and then subsequently she gets the title coughed up to whomever the next person in line is. God bless Mercedes Monet. Because she comes to AEW, this is going to be a roll of the dice. Because if Tony don't like her, she's going to be the next one in line. Like, what happened to happen to uh, so-and-so? Whatever happened to so-and-so? Tony Khan has an amazing women's roster. And you give this eight minutes of this? Soraya wins? Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, fine. That's where I, I, I look. I was like, okay, this is the mark moment for everybody. Tony Khan is being a mark. Fair enough. It's your show, Tony. Get paid. Throw all the money out there. Mark yourself out. Man, can can we dig more of the eight minutes? Can we get more than that? Can we build Saray up to at least make it look like she's worthy to be in this fucking match to begin with? She had what? Maybe two, three matches solo? Are you saying about Tony Khan? Like a fucking professional. No, I'm saying just bad. Psychopath ain't a professional. No, I'm saying let's you know, tell a fucking story. You told a great story at the end, but then in the middle, you can't tell this story for shit. Why am I? Should, why should I even care about the women's division at this point? You got Mercedes Monet on deck, sitting in the crowd. Motherfuckers going ape shit. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this could go either way. JB Hater ain't even back yet. Tony Storm's in the motherfucking mix, and this is what you deliver. Get the fuck out of here. I said it a month ago, and I'll say it again. At this point, get rid of the women's division because this is. Horse shit. I'm not looking forward to no Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. Get the fuck out of here. More talent being wasted again. I don't get it. Look, he need to be. 
you can tell a story. He did it twice. Two good stories on one show. And now you're going to roll this shit out for eight minutes? Make this shit the curtain jerk and be done with it. Zach, what do you think of it? Man, me following that's like the women following the stadium stampede. It would be tough. Uh, but I do think, because they were rushing to this match, I actually really enjoyed the match. I will say that. Um, I like the breakdown between um, the uh, the outcasts because I don't like that group that much anyway. Um, I like the people in the group. I just don't like the group. Uh, but I like the breakdown. They were rushing through it, though. There were some really fun spots in this. Uh, the Tony Storm taking the curb stomp. That was the greatest curb stomp I've ever seen in my life. Um, but uh, I imagine really, that It was really good. They were rushing through it. I think Stadium Stampede just went long, and they just got their time cut. I, I can't imagine they wrote the whole show out and was like, all right, four way eight minutes. Um, I mean, Obviously, Tony can book the women's division better. There's a lot of criticism about their valid ones. I don't know that, like, when he planned the show out, he, he wrote eight minutes next to that four-way, especially spending so much money on Queen for Soraya and, um, you know, doing the whole thing. And, I mean, given the title to Soraya at Wembley, should have seen it coming, really, honestly. Like, uh, when as soon as it happened, I'm like, oh, yeah, that they wanted kind of their British bulldog moment. Uh, and that's that's what it, that's what it was. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm, right. I'm not mad at it. It just is what it is. Uh, I do think Tony Honor does a better job with the women's division than Tony Elite. And I also kind of wonder if that's because uh, Tony Elite has to deal with uh, Warner Media, and uh, I don't know that Warner Media really gives a shit because about the women's division. So I thought that this... Ring of Honor women's is good stuff. I thought this was. Pretty good. I got to. I got to be honest. Like when I was watching it, I was like, "This is actually a." I was like, "This sucks that they have to follow the stadium stampede," but they're kind of doing a great job as being the popcorn match. That's the argument about the way that Tony books the women's division. Aside, just as a match, as I was sitting there basically watching this event live, I was 15 minutes behind because I did find a way to watch it for free. <laughs> but um, it. Um, for what it was, I thought it was. I thought it was really. I thought it was really fun. Actually, I liked. I liked the involvement of Soraya's mom. I thought her mom took that bump like an actual wrestler, and I know she is an actual wrestler. So that was. She really took that bump well. <laughs> like she. She was. I'll knocked, give you that. She was knocked the fuck out. She was like. She got it, smoked. Yeah, it's like she fell the way that somebody that gets knocked out falls. It was really good. Uh, I was cool with it. Like Zach said, the Soraya win. Should have seen it coming a mile away. I couldn't believe that we didn't. Um, I don't mind them flying Cheetah over there either uh, because she did flies a lot more than I do. So if she's cool with it, I'm cool with it. This was good. It was a popcorn match. It was a, After the stadium stampede, there was no way they were going to keep that momentum going. There was no way they were going to keep that energy. You need a decompression match. I thought this one was a great one at it. It wasn't my least favorite match of the night, that's for sure. Nope. You just never mind. I just I'll leave it right there. That, I'm not even gonna get mad anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> Next up, uh, did I contradict myself? No, you just kind of made my point. Oh, okay. Then go. We agree. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> the women's division sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't, said, g- don't give him more time than it deserves. He, he's not telling stories with it, so you might as well just give it the, what we expected. No, just, just give it, it the boot. Do, just do, it give it good, the boot. do it as well as you can. Just give it the boot. Let's, let's get this talent. No, some, that's not going to happen. Let's get this talent someplace where we can actually see some do, do some work, for Christ's sake. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Darby Allen Sting versus Swerve and Christian Cage in the coffin match. Um, this felt really similar to Stadium Stampede, and I think that's, at least for me, it kind of suffered because it felt like Stadium Stampede, even though it was a coffin match, and that's what the the unique part about it is. The, the winners were already pretty much a slam dunk. We all agreed upon that. I don't, we don't see Sting losing anytime soon. If he does, I think it's the Darby Allen in a singles match, but that's somewhere down the line. Um, this was a bit for me back to back matches where the women's match really got me mad, and this didn't really get me back in because it really felt like a smaller, compressed stadium stampede. It was good, nothing I hadn't seen before. I just. <sighs> I like Christian Cage. I hope, you know, fingers crossed, somehow Luchasaurus wins on Sunday so he can continue to be the TNT champion. But that's another discussion for another time. Coffee match was okay. What do you think of it, Zach? Uh, I, I low-key love this match. I thought it was so much fun. It was, a, like, there was a lot of anarchy. Like, there was a lot of no-holds-barred kind of shit. We'll talk about that uh, here in a minute because there was another one on the show. So there was a lot of just kind of brawl mayhem, but uh, I think for a stadium show, that's really fun. And like, I feel like that's just basically what every Sting match should be at this point. Um, just the gimmicks are so good. And uh, him not being able to put Swerve through that table and then just being like, fuck it, this guy's going through this table <laughs> and going up there and just, he just jumped on him. He just sat on him and uh, crunched through. Um yeah, it was great. Uh, Darby doing the coffin drop onto the coffin, and then and then Excalibur calling it a coffin flop. Oh man, that was one of my favorite favorite calls in <clears throat> wrestling history. Because uh, he quoted, "I think you should leave." So he said um, that to me at a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Tony Khan said, "Warner Media said AEW Dynamite's not even a show." <laughs> anyway. Um, that is the funniest I think you should leave sketch. It's in my top three for sure. Number one. It's the one that I show people yeah. all the time. That one, We're just and filming then, a bunch uh, of funerals and showing the ones where the bodies fly out. <laughs> no, all right, but, I'll stop. I'll yeah, stop. Yeah. Uh, that one in the, in the, the uh, safari flat fedora with the dice in the pocket. Like, man, classic. Anyway, uh, I love this match. This was this was my other favorite match of the night. This match fucking ruled. I don't know if it was my expectations. I don't know if it's because this newfound love that I have for Darby Allen. That that coffin <laughs> that coffin drop onto the coffin is one of the roughest bumps you'll see, man. He's going in blind. He's going in backwards and landing flat on his back onto a real coffin. That fucking sucks, man. Dude, that, <laughs> that, that like dump was hurts. just like, what the fuck was uh, that? God damn. One of those performances that gets uh that gets buried uh by the by the public in a match or in a night like this, especially with the 
other shenanigans that went on is Christian's performance. Christian was fucking awesome in this. Swerve Strickland, push him to the moon. Like, really, they Tony's got to make somebody that's not an ex-WWE superstar or Kenny Omega besides MJF. Make it be Swerve Strickland. Put a big belt on I think, Swerve Strickland. I think he fucking Swerve rules. is a future. I think he's a future world champ. He uh, he is obviously way over with the fans. Everybody he he has one hundred percent universal positive rating. Fucking push him, man. He fuck. He is so much fun. That was the best coffin match that I've ever seen. Well, he uh, I mostly think, because I think coffin he... matches suck. <laughs> But this was, a, I thought, sorry to cut you off, Zach. I thought that. I'm sitting there like, what? I thought the part where uh, Swerve was, he was putting Sting away. He was. It looked like he was like putting Sting away for the rest of his career. He was putting him in the middle of that coffin and he tossed in the bat as like a ceremonial, like, th- like very dramatic thing. And then for Sting to use the bat so that the coffin couldn't close, that's a brilliant spot. That is a fucking brilliant spot, and I marked out when it happened. I love this match. I don't know how many stars I would give it. I I don't know. It's an A plus. It was fucking great. Like I'd say, it was like four point five, four point seven five. I loved it. Yeah, um, it fucking ruled. And the entrance, uh, Sting coming out to Metallica. Um, he used to come out to a live version of it in WCW, but uh, again, Tony. Tony spending that money on entrance music. Like, I think that adds a lot. Like, I think Elton John adds a lot to Collision. Uh, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, but, um, I will say about Swerve, um, I think they're doing a good job with him, especially now that he is, you know, he was a tag team champ. That wasn't like amazing, but he had some really good matches, but, uh, it's him getting the mobile embassy which is a really good group and they had him with a bunch of rookies and it just wasn't vibing at all but now he's got like yeah now it's like they course corrected and he's part of really good storylines and like wrestling legends at Wembley Stadium like I mean I think they're grooming him for uh, you know big belt coming down the line I will say that uh, when you just talking about entrances I thought that was one of the the things that I was looking forward to the most because this was obviously AEW's uh, first stadium show, obviously their biggest show ever. So, you know, I was looking for, you know, not even know what I was looking for, but just, you know, I wanted to see everybody's interests. You know, this was, I thought was really good. Uh, I thought the Bucks was really good. Um, obviously. DJ who kid? I used <laughs> to buy his mixtapes off eBay on CD. What? Yeah, like DJ Who Kid, like mixtapes, like underground mixtapes. I just buy them off eBay because um, I lived in the country. I couldn't. Nobody was selling mixtapes on the corner. It's a small world after all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought uh, overall, just the to make it make it feel like a a stadium show, and like I said, their biggest in company history. I thought they did a really good job on that aspect uh i know joey and i kind of talked about it where he was saying that wwe just does it on a bigger and much grander production scale i'll get i'll defer to him on that he does shows if he says it then i'll i'll sit i'll sit here and agree with it i'll just say this for me i didn't think that they did for for the things i didn't like i loved 
how they did the intros, the entrances, the pyro, the whole nine yards. Um, next up, Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Another great example of great intros, even though I didn't know how bad Chris Jericho couldn't sing until he tried to sing Judas. That's why I think the fans are singing Judas for him um, from that point beforehand and moving forward. Uh, I thought that was a nice way to get him introed. And then obviously Will Ospreay coming in second, coming in as the hometown guy, just massive support. I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. This is one of Chris Jericho's better matches that he's had in a while, considering that he's kind of been in the, uh, a tag team mix is going to be in a tag team mix going forward. We'll talk about that on the dynamite portion of it. Um, once again, a, a match that I thought that was pretty obvious that who was going to win, but there were a couple of times where you had uh Sammy hit, um, will Ospreay with the bat. So you, you know, a moment of concern there. If you're a will Ospreay fan like myself, you know, is he really going to lose this match? Um, the reverse Oz cutter into the uh, code breaker. I thought was in a pretty good spot. Um, to me, this was more more so about Chris Jericho. You know what Will Ospreay can do. We've seen it. You know, arguably he's one of my short list match of the. Uh, I'm sorry, wrestler of the year contenders. But to me, this was more about Chris Jericho. And I think we said it last week. I can't remember who said it. Which Chris Jericho were we going to get? Was it's going to be the Chris Jericho that was going to keep up? and try to do what Will does or morph into something where this is going to make him and Will Ospreay look good. And I think that we got the latter of it, and I'm glad we did. If he tried if he tried to keep up with Will Ospreay, it could have been bad news bears. But Jericho stayed in his lane. Will Ospreay does what he does. I thought this was probably the second, third best match of the night, for, at least for me, arguably the main event, obviously being the match of the night, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But, uh, Tubir, what did you think about the match? Man, I was on record of I was, like, really poo-pooing this shit, like, for before the go-home show, and it ended up being fantastic. And, um, I mean, it was one of the better – Chris Jericho's singles matches in recent memory. I mean, when I think about his best singles matches, like since we started the pod, a lot of them were in New Japan, and he had he's had some good ones in AEW, but um, you know ROH that was that was a pretty good run. Uh, but this was uh, a standout because they they really sold it on the Go Home Show, and then Jericho was just there. Uh, I mean, Osprey's going to look great anyway, but he really, like, put him over. Um, and you can tell that uh, there's a lot of respect between those dudes. And, uh, yeah, it was it, – I thought it did – I figured, you know, you put those two things together in your head. You're like, you got one of the greatest of all time and maybe the greatest doing it right now. That should be good. But sometimes it doesn't vibe, this vibe. And, yeah, it was fantastic, uh, like – semi-main you know i was excited for this match this match did not disappoint me um a few other matches on the card really exceeded my expectations but i thought this was really good i thought that jericho pulled out some shit that was really fun osprey fought more of a jericho style match um osprey's a star man but I would not listen to Osprey when he said all of his options are open or whatever he said this week. Uh, he's going to AEW. Yep. So 
Um, and I'm excited. They better treat him like a big fucking deal. And I look forward to a Will Ospreay, Jay White title match someday in AEW. Mm, mm, mm. Next up, you had uh, the acclaimed and badass Billy Gunn, the returning badass Billy Gunn versus the House of Black in a trios match. Um, I believe the stipulation was a no holds barred match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, once again, very similar to the two matches that we've seen before. I think this got like 10, 11 minutes, give or take. The guys we thought we were going to win went over. I feel bad for House of Black because now I wonder what's next for them. Um, it almost feels like they've outgrown the trios titles, even though they've they're the longest reigning trios champions, even in the the short uh, history that we have with them. Neither here nor there. I, Malachi Black should go into a singles run, and then Brody King and Buddy Matthews should be. Uh, a tag team as the House of Black. That's what I think they should do. Tupier, what do you think? Yeah, I think that is uh, a great, uh, a great move. Um, are you just what I think about that, or the match in general? You can go both ways. Uh, it's the worst match on the card. It was so, it was so fun. Uh, but I, I didn't love that they did the no holds barred gimmick. Because it's like, well, we just had, you know, it's like every other match was at that point. I didn't mind the coffin match as much, but um, just I was like, oh, great. Um, just had Julia Hart spot. I'm pretty sure Billy Gunn, like, instead of just doing the sucking, I'm pretty sure he said, suck my dick. <laughs> Whatever he did. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then they did the, then they're like, holy fuck, this is aggressive. But um, I love the white gear. I loved the Bray Riot tribute. Um, it was it was still a fun party match, which is exactly what the acclaimed and, and badass or daddy ass are going to give you. And like, yeah, Bill said, or you said they kind of outgrown these titles, and uh, it's fine for them to be um, on the the kind of like house show uh, act of the acclaimed and, and Billy Gunn. Like that's totally fine for a while. Um, I think all of three of those dudes, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi, all could be uh, excellent, like, single competitors. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, at this point, I was like, the, the show is moving along at a really good clip, match after match after match, um, and I was ready for the main event by this point. I, I got up, this show started at 9 a.m. for me. I had not, like, gotten out of bed. I woke up at, like, 8 stayed in bed the whole time. <laughs> Dude, so fuck I was, I was you. Like ready. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Okay, nobody Dude. else going to say it. I'm going to say it. Fuck you. Unbelievable starting time. It was just so perfect. Just couldn't have been more perfect for me. It bad. I mean, my Sunday, my Sunday, <laughs> my Sunday lined up real nice. It was just unbelievable because I did this and then I went to Lou Fest. Like oh, I, nice. I watched this and then I had the whole rest. I had a whole concert to go to to get all high and shit. That's it was that. fucking perfect. Who, who was at Lisa? Uh, well, it was. Uh, so uh, the black that night was the Black Keys and the Black Crows were the two headliners. Oh, right up. Yeah, um, it was fine. Uh, but the baby was sleeping. I turned it on. I watched the entire thing live. Zach's right. This is the worst match of the night. Um, I thought the Julia Hart spot 
kind of like lost them the crowd. I think the crowd was politely along with them, and I think that really killed the crowd. It it seemed like it to me. It seemed really it's you know it's not like you know you'll see Stone Cold like uh, he'll stun Stacy Keebler or something. You'll see flashbacks of it, and it's fun, but you know it's really cartoonish. I don't know that Julie Hart's fought. It was like these are just three grown men beating up a very small woman, and it just seemed, <laughs> it just seemed really strange to me. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty aggressive. I don't know. Call me call me whatever you want to call me. Anyway, this match, uh, I didn't like it. I'm not calling you anything. I, I, in this case, I'll call you right. It's that I'll leave it alone. All right, main event time. Um, Adam Cole, Bebe versus MJF for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Once again, two great entrances. Um, now with them being ROH Tag Team Champions, at least for me, the dynamic of this match changed. It felt like there was a little bit of a, of a safety net, for lack of a better term. So no matter who won, this storyline was going to continue in some form or fashion. So with that going in, I thought the first half of the match was not slow, but just kind of was the foundation for the back half, especially with the the double clothesline pin or false pin spot where, like I said, I was thinking about doing a live stream and now they've probably been the, the high point of it. Cause I literally jumped I was in my, computer chair watching it and I was not thinking they were going to get to three I was thinking there's you know they were both going to kick out and then we're going to move along when he counted three I literally just like leapt up and was like what the fuck just happened and was instantly pissed off because I was like there's no way Tony Khan is good I'm like there's no way you can end this show this way Chaos is going to assume. I know I tweeted it. I was like, there's no way you can end the show like this. I'm not, my knee-jerk reaction was to be pissed, but I was like, okay, let's just see how this plays itself out. Adam Cole asked for five more minutes, and now that's another probably the callback of callbacks. I don't care about FTR and the Bucks a year or two years in the making. This, to me, was a callback because it was It's more so now it changes – the character of MJF. The MJF, when that first five minutes was asked for, MJF, that MJF didn't want no part of that. The second time around, this MJF wants a part of it. So it just added more to the babyface appeal, I guess is the word I'm looking for, to MJF. People love MJF as a babyface. You said it last week. You don't want him to, be, to be turn back to a, a heel at any point. I I think I like him both ways. I like him as a heel. I like him as a babyface. This made him more so as a babyface. On the flip side, it felt like Adam Cole, baby, was going down the dark side where the, um, I think it was the brain buster spot on the steps where the match kind of changed in that spot where it felt like it was getting aggressive, but then Adam Cole took that one step that you always thought that MJF would take and didn't do. MJF puts the the ring back to his pocket. So, I mean, it was all kinds of just a roller coaster of emotions. The only thing that I can say that I didn't like about this match was the ridiculously slow count when Adam Cole had MJF pinned. I get it. The ref is just coming back to consciousness. We've seen refs come back to conscious and count faster than that. Okay? That, was your, that was your only problem with the match? I, I'm, I'm nitpicking. 
And that was the biggest problem with it. Outside of that, I thought this was the, the biggest problem or the only problem? The only problem. The biggest problem is with is with Aussie Open losing the titles no, to I'm them. Ju- that, to me, was oh, their Oh, I giving. got you for the whole show. Zach, what would you think of this match? I thought it was the best storytelling main event uh, since uh, Adam Page won the championship title. Um, are you talking? It was, are you talking in wrestling or just or AEW? AEW. Okay. In the five years or whatever that they've, they've been going, uh, it was their best storytelling main event. Um, started off like a house show match. I mean, like they go outside the ring to put their shirts on. Like that's some like just like funny house show shit. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not going to go over all the story beats because they were there and it would take take a long time. But, uh, yeah, so much storytelling. And even the post-match, um, just uh, I also, like, I, I like, marked out. And I, I imagine, like, what I had to feel like, like, in the stadium, whatever. Uh, Adam Cole asked for the five minutes. And uh, MJF said no. And then he says, five minutes isn't enough. We're going till we get a winner in fucking Wembley. It was, like, the best F-bomb that you could possibly have. Um, very well-timed. And, um, yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. What a novel concept, right? Like, send the crowd home happy. Like, biggest wrestling event in history. Oh, my God. Like, like this is not rocket appliances. Like, just send the crowd home happy. And they absolutely did that. And I, like, it was, like, icing on the cake of a fantastic show. Uh, we can give it our letter grade uh, after after Bill, I guess. Uh, but uh, I'll give you a hint. It's high. <laughs> um, I'm so torn uh, about some of this. Some of this match. Um, listen, when MJF grabbed the mic and dropped the f bomb, was it cool? Yeah, it was definitely cool. Uh, was were there parts of the match that were fun? Yeah. Definitely, and I think that MJF is the shit. But this was a house show main event. Make no mistake about it. With the five, asking for five more minutes, uh, and then MJF saying, "No, we're gonna go till we get a winner," and then them hugging at the end. Like you can send the crowd home happy, and they do every night at a house show, and even at Raw, they'll have a dark match or they'll have Randy Orton come out and RKO somebody. They always send the crowd home happy. This was a house show ending. Was it fun? Yeah, it was tons of fun. But there were seven matches on this card that I liked better than this main event. I I thought it was I I was pretty disappointed to be honest. Was I entertained as fuck? Yes. Was my were my eyes glued to it? Yes. I wanted to see a turn though. Okay, that was going to be my question. It would have it would have been it would have all been worth it if there had been a turn. But for them to stay friends and really like have. I mean, that, like, that's that's kind of my point, I guess. Going in, that was the safety net part of it, and I did, and going into it, it it was going no matter who won, they were still going to be connected I'll, I'll going this, forward. It's the most cowardly way to book it. Wow! Wow! Woof! 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 I mean, woo! Damn! I thought Are I was going. I thought I was coming with a strong take this week. Shit, um, I, I can say I can see why you say that, and I and I don't necessarily say I disagree with it. I will. I wanted to see the turn. Do I 
do I need it? No. Because I think they did enough to where whoever turns, when it happens, it's now going to be a bigger build for it. I'll go one I'll further. give you that. Do it. Osprey Jericho should have been the main event. The main event? Yeah, you can, the main no, event. you can't do that over your... If they weren't going to turn anybody, should have been the main event. You can't do that over the AEW Championship, no matter how you book it. I'm sorry. If you can, you can like the match better, and that's completely fair. I'm giving Osprey Cena booking. I don't care if you got the belt or not. <laughs> You're in the main event. Get up there, Bill Osprey. <laughs> You and Cena, no matter where you're at. See, this motherfucker. No, you can't do that, dog. You just can't. Get up there, Bill. The time invested alone for MJF and Adam Cole, baby, had to be the main event. I know. I know it had to be. I'm just being being curmudgeonly. No, by all means, knock yourself out. I'm not saying that. I I had, like I said, I had fun. I thought it was a fun match. It wasn't like I felt like my five hours were wasted. No, by any stretch no, of the imagination. Not at all. And I don't want to give that impression. I'm being nitpicky. I'm being really nitpicky because I was glued to that match. No, I wasn't. But the more I've had a couple it's like a couple days to marinate on it, I'm a little bit more disappointed than I thought I would be. How about that? No, and that's completely fair because, I mean, to me, like the two like major stories like that were going to hopefully be, be answered were like, you know, what is Eddie and – Mocks we have to fix. That wasn't answered. Yeah. Um, who was going to flip on who? That wasn't answered. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, that there was, like, you know, disappointing portions of this for me more than others, but that's just me as, you know, the way I look at wrestling. But neither here nor there. So yeah, They didn't shoot any angles on this show. It was all just matches. Very, and very, I don't very like, WrestleMania-like in that sense. WrestleMania doesn't really have a lot of angles either. WrestleMania is usually just the matches, you know? I wouldn't go that far. It's about to say, there, are, there are some. Usually. There usually are some. This felt like the original all-in, where it was a, a, big, a much more bigger stage, obviously, but you wanted to get as many people on the show as humanly possible. Yeah. Next week feels like storyline. Oh, yeah, big time. But even with all that said, even with all my nitpicking and everything, I still give this pay-per-view an A. This this pay-per-view was so much fun. And there was really only one match that I didn't like at all, and it was that acclaimed match. I at least, pretty much above average, I thought every other match was. I thought that this really delivered, and it was very cool to see that they already have Wembley booked for next year. That's fucking badass. No, that's, what's that's your, le- what's your letter grade, Zach? Yeah, mine's an A. Um, I think like every match was four stars or above except for the acclaimed match. And yeah. I feel like that should be an A. Jason, I saw on Facebook that you called, you gave it a B plus, and I was like, whoo, that's high for Jason. <laughs> have you mellowed on it since that day? B. B, it drops a half a letter grade for J or a third of whatever you. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. Can't wait for all out predictions, which are coming up very soon, right after these messages. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. Uh, let's just say in AEW land. Uh, and we'll just go real quick because 
Dude, we had a go-home show um, that had some good wrestling and had some good angles, uh, but it, you know, we're, we're at a go-home show right after a pay-per-view, so it also was kind of a wonky show because of Hurricane and a variety of other things, so there was a lot of talent not on the show um, kind of thrown together, but, uh, and we can talk about um, CM Punk if you want to, but um, I, this thing opened up. Uh, with uh, John Moxley defeating Commander, not a lot to say here except it gives Moxley a win, and uh, it was a pretty fun Styles clash. Uh, Commander just like kind of flip all over him, and John Moxley just beating his ass. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I think it was probably my favorite Commander match so far, outside of uh, the one he did. I think with uh, Ray Fenix. Well, Moxley sold the fuck out of the match. Like Moxley fucking sells. Moxley really sold for this match. He made Commander look great. Ultimately, yeah, and then the bat release, if you're a Commander fan, it feels like he's fallen into that enhancement talent portion of the program. Not Jobber, but uh, good enough to where he, he can give Moxley a push or anybody else that he walks across, Jay White, give them a push. But wins will come few and far between for a Commander on the AEW stage. Yeah. Um, Orange Cassidy video package, we'll talk more about him in a minute. Uh, then there was a video package. They showed a lot of video packages that were shot at All In um, because they had to, they didn't shoot angles on the show. So they they did angles in the press conference, like they set up matches in the press conference, and they did angles there, which was interesting. So I watched that old press conference. So I was like in my bed for seven hours, like just watching AEW on Jesus Sunday. Christ, um, dude! I know he's looking around saying, "Am I the only professional?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so they shot this in the locker room. So it's post match. Young Bucks are in there. FDR comes in, and they're mad because uh, the Bucks didn't shake their hands. And basically, the Bucks are just like, "Yeah, that was kind of a dick move. The heat of the moment, guys." Uh, we're just going to be bros here, and then Bullet Club Gold comes up, and essentially that's the match for All Out. Uh, four Bullet Club Gold versus Young Bucks and FTR. Um, that's fine. It's not making me buy any pay per views, though. That sounds like a, a, a collision or a dynamite like a, uh, match. A, a big one, but one. Not, be, yeah, really good. But, but one, but like one nonetheless. That, I mean, exactly. th- it's the type of main event that. AEW will give you on a random dynamite or collision. Which is, you know, kudos to them. Fuck yeah. But in this scenario. Yeah, it's weak. I would know. They shot their quad last week. I know. And they probably, they probably had to do it because it was probably worked out with the scheduling with Wembley or whatever. Or worked out with the scheduling. I mean, Tony Khan didn't draw it up a year ago to have those two pay-per-views one week away from each other he probably had the buildings booked what's fucked up is uh i don't know they blew the, they blew their watch i mean they just completely blew their watch okay i mean they're yeah. also doing it again next year like because they announced Wembley. okay so Chicago. So, so god forbid so just change the date, date of all somebody yes somebody goes to Tony Khan and just be like look you're in charge. You can't do it back-to-back weeks. You can do whatever you want. It's No, don't say no shit like that. See, that that's how you get Soraya winning the title. Go ahead, that's say That's a good it. segue, because we did have highlights of the outcast uh, here, uh, and they showed that. Um, yeah. 
Uh, that was the next thing on the show. Then we had a Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho face to face. I thought this was well done. Just kind of furthers the storyline. Uh, it was pretty entertaining. And but the the real meat and potatoes here that we have, less sex gods uh, have been reunited, and they're going to go after uh, the I guess AEW tag team. They said tag team gold. Uh, but either either program would be very good. So I'm fine with either. Um, they both sound fun. My guess would be uh, they would be going after FTR. Um, just my guess. I thought this was one of those where, especially with the Don Callis interaction with Sammy backstage, it's another, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to turn on who, because clearly Jericho's not exactly over the fact that he lost to Osprey, and it feels like he's kind of throwing, not even kind of throwing, he threw Sammy underneath the bus a couple of times in that segment, and Sammy's just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm giving up, you know, my my time with my pregnant wife, all this other stuff to get your back. So obviously, you know, the the split is on the horizon for me is who's going to stab who in the back. Cool. Uh, we had, I don't have much to say about that. I thought that, I thought they were going to shotgun Guevara versus Jericho for all out. And then they ended up not doing it. So it's like, okay. Seemed kind of strange. Yeah. I'm into a little sex guys, uh, run here. You know, just kind of, you got, you got what, uh, five hours of TV every week. So, Got to fill it up with, with something. Uh, Moxley promo, uh, which was uh, totally fine. Typical Moxley promo, which is just to say that it was very good. Um, Eddie Kingston beat Wheeler Yuta in a pretty quick but nice, fun, hard-hitting match to retain the New Japan Strong Openweight title. Uh, this allows Kingston to beat someone in the Blackpool Combat Club. That's pretty much Yuta's role, to be the guy that people can pin. And uh, he does a good job at it. He's kind of the young boy of the group. And, he just uh, keeps getting Claudio forged Car- and forged and forged. <laughs> <laughs> He's still forging. <laughs> but uh, Claudio comes out and we get the... Uh, that's that's like what this is all building to. It's, it's going to be Eddie and Moxley. It's going to be Eddie and and Claudio. So, uh, but yeah, that that's why can't Claudio get a uh, Ring of Honor? Why can't we get a Ring of Honor Championship defense on All Out? Why can't we get a Claudio singles match? I that's think they're me that I, I think they're they saving it for. Uh, that, that uh, my guess is the Grand Slam in uh, New York. I tell you what, they should have more Claudio singles matches on AEW and then slowly wean the crowd off it so they start going over and watching Honor Club. I mean, that would make the most sense to me if I was the booker. Let him book the territory. If my dad was a fucking billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man, shit. And Theta over there clouded for a year and a half. Ain't heard shit about her ass in AEW. I was like, all right, man, that makes all the sense in the world. Go ahead, girl. Do your thing. 500 damn days. Uh, we had uh, another video package. This was uh, MJF and Adam Cole in the back. Uh, this is pretty much exactly what MJF said in the conference. He said he was going to Paris, going to eat a baguette, bang some rats, and uh, take the week off, and let's shoot what he did. 
Um, so looks like no MJF on I, All Out. I almost recorded what MJF said there so I could play it because, man, it was funny. It was really funny. All, I watched it like four times. All he's doing is just making. It's quite the monologue. Dude, he is just making himself so much money. But and, I marked out at Bang Some Rats. How could you not? Marked out. How could you not? God damn, it, that was funny. It's it's what you would do if you were in the MJF spot in a kayfabe style portion of your life. Yeah, I just had though. I, I had a hard ass match. You just I'm don't not hear language with you. like that. <laughs> Shit. No. Yeah, you do. You just don't. <laughs> I mean, I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's a, that is hilarious. Yeah, Cena is not going to say that. And that's why I love the fact that MJF is saying it. And my point ultimately is the back he's going to get from whoever it is is going to be tremendous. Yeah. He is just making himself so much money on this Adam Cole run. It is, it's it's his best work he's done so far in AEW. Are you giving uh, him punk- permission to take the week off? He's yeah, got it. he's already got it. Go, shit, bang, bang, bang Your dad for ain't me. a billionaire either. <laughs> he already got the permission. I was say, just fly on over there, walk on over there, and bang one of them rats, man. Shit, knock yourself out. If you guys haven't watched that press conference, the very first thing is MJF and Adam Cole, and just Tony Khan's face, like whenever somebody asked MJF like if what he was nervous about with the match, and he's like, well, it's like. The main thing I was nervous about is like, oh, you ripped up such fucked up teeth. And he's like, I thought 80,000 people with like the worst breath on the planet was just going to be so bad. <laughs> and it turns out like the breath wasn't that bad. He's like, your teeth still really fucked up. But it's like the breath. It was like, and like Tony Khan's just sitting there like, Jesus Christ. And the guy that asked it is from the BBC. Like it wasn't, like, you know, Nick House. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. Oh, so good. The king watches uh, that. Exactly. Oh man. So we had uh, Renee Paquette with Sammy Guevara, um, interrupted by Don Callis. Um, this just kind of furthers that storyline. Maybe we have a swerve, and Sammy is the one that actually ends up with in the Callis family. That'd be an interesting uh, scenario. I'm say, I'm totally seeing that happening. It's, to me, once the, once they did that, I was like, oh, oh, now we're talking. I don't know. Turning Sammy, I, I don't know. Turning Sammy heel again. It's like neither of these guys have left heel territory yet. Actually, I don't know. I was about to say Sammy hit fucking Will Osprey with the bat. Yeah, I know. You're right. Yeah, some heel shit. Yeah. Uh, then we had a pretty long segment of story time with Adam Cole. Uh, he comes out, gets interrupted by Roddy and the Kingdom. Uh, we got some history with those guys. So for people that like are not hyper nerds and don't listen to or host wrestling podcasts, uh, you know, just knowing about the history of the kingdom and Adam Cole. Um, I thought that was uh, necessary, uh, but this was a lot of talking on a show that had a lot of talking. So I will say that. Who's ready for story time with Jobbenheimer, baby? <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me. Tell me, Jobbenheimer. Tell us a story. I hate it when he says who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby. I hate it so much. <laughs> God, I hate it. I hate, I, the w- it. I hate the way he says it. I love it. Just say, hey, man, tell us a story, motherfucker. Yeah, this segment was all right. I hope we're not moving towards a Roderick Strong MJF match. 
I don't think we. That'd be interesting. I think it'd be I, the only reason it'd be interesting because you put Adam Cole in the middle. That's the and that and I can totally see that happening. I'll tell you what, if Tony Khan makes a special too. guest referee or something, I'm gonna not like it. He does not special need enforcer. Yeah, he does not need to be the special enforcer. He just needs to be Vince would make uh, him the special guest referee. Totally. Totally. Uh was spotted uh, in London with his neck brace on, like at the airport and shit. That's very funny to me. Good. Um, I heard that he wrestled at PWG recently, and he went to the ring with his neck brace on, took it off, wrestled the match, and got out of the ring and put the neck brace back on. <laughs> That's pro wrestling, baby. That is pro <laughs> fucking wrestling. K-Fabe alive, baby. K-Fabe is alive and well. You can't ex- explain to somebody about how good that is like if they, they if they don't get that they don't get pro wrestling at all holy pro shit that's amazingly fucking funny that's great god bless Roddy Strong uh TBS champion Chris Statlander Dodger Britt Baker and Akara Shida uh defeated Nyla Rose Marina Shafir and Emi Sakura uh this was a match that happened uh Chris Statlander got the pin uh going into her title defense against Ruby Soho Ruby Soho came out and uh, attacked her, snagged the belt, laid it in the aisle. So um, that is also not really the um, – like, I'm sure they'll have a fine match, um, but that also seems more like a TV match to me. Yeah. All right, Jason is taking the fifth. Uh, what's next? Uh, video package. So Shane Taylor is going to be facing Samoa Joe for the ROH TV title at All Out. Uh, if – we, if you're not somebody that watches Honor Club, I'm not, uh, but I follow um, what goes on. So Shane Taylor did win a tournament uh, to determine the uh, number one contender for the ROH TV title. So I'm sure they'll have a fine match, but that does not have marquee value either. Um, couldn't guess. I'm, I'm not too hot on All Out right now. Yes. There's two matches that I want to see. They owe Samoa Joe a pay-per-view win, though. He's been doing He's been doing work. Um, yeah, and Samoa Joe fucking rules. I mean, he was fucking great in that punk match, but um, yeah, give that man a win. Yeah, uh, then we had Don Callis now too. While we're at it, yeah, uh, and, uh, Takeshita, uh, Don Callis had shoot X-rays, like <laughs> Kenny Omega's shoot X-rays about with no cartilage in his knee and like his hernia surgery and stuff, and his uh, back being all fucked up, so. Uh, I am very excited about this match. Not $50 excited, but I think it's going to be very good. Um, there we had another house show segment. Acclaimed and Billy Gunn brought out some new trios titles. Uh, they're pink. They have scissors on the back. Um, I don't know that this is elevating the trios championship. It's not. But, uh, but it's, no. But it, 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 this is the acclaimed, and this is going to be a, a re- another – I guess litmus test to see how over they are. Can they get these jokers over? Uh, yeah, they're selling merch. That's fine. It's a business. Like you know, t- if they can sell some pink title belts with scissors in the back, good for them. I don't know if Billy Gunn is tired, but Billy Gunn last night looked like he was done with this. <laughs> he did. He did not look like. He looked like he was really just fighting like faking his way through it that's that's the way it seemed to me maybe that's what i'm bringing to it you know i don't know i've talked to my therapist about putting my feelings on the other things inanimate objects and such projecting (laughs) 
shit, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, but yeah, this did this this didn't do much for me. No, not really. It was about the tiles. I said, uh, okay. I'll tell you what did do something for me was Orange Cassidy beating uh, Pinto El Zero Meadow. Um, this was a fantastic main event. Uh, triple Canadian Destroyer at one point. That was uh, that was the best spot. Very unexpected. Yeah, very fun, very unexpected. But man, it, Orange Cassidy just having the best title reign of just this one of the best title reigns I've ever seen uh, in my history of watching professional wrestling i'm so into it and then he does a thing which he never does if he grabs a microphone and he sits down and i just love whenever he says i'm so tired (laughs) tired." it was a tremendous promo a fucking tremendous match into a tremendous promo and proof that sometimes less is more that's a guy who really knows his character and the way he ended it by saying i'm orge cassidy and i don't have a catchphrase Fucking brilliant shit. I'm good. No, I, and then Moxley comes out and pie phases him, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. Moxley, that, I'll tell you what, I don't know how much I would have wanted to see this match two months ago. Probably wouldn't have. Orange Cassidy has made me a believer. Orange Cassidy is going to be on a lot of wrestler of the year, top fives, top threes. He should be. And uh, he's been a great champ. I uh, I think he's going to main event. I think that match is going to main event. I don't, think, I don't think you have a choice. I was going to wait till the predictions, but yeah, I think it's going to be the main event also. Yeah. Um, I think the only other option would be Omega Takeshita. Uh, you're not going to have uh, spoilers, but we know who's fighting uh, MJF and uh, Adam Cole, and it's the Dark Order. So that's not going to main event. So um, sorry for the spoiler. I know you were looking forward to Rampage. Uh, that's going to do it for our two counts. One, two, three. Okay. So because we have payback predictions and because we haven't talked about it yet, it just feels like we're so AEW heavy tonight. Um, you know what? You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about, did you guys watch NXT this week? I did, yes. I didn't watch any WWE stuff. Uh, I was too busy in the bed watching. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, AEW fucking. Am I the only professional? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, AEW-itis, man. That motherfucker was in the bed for seven hours. He couldn't do shit else. I tell you what, what you're supposed to do is. like a fucking professional. Mm Mm-mm. Well, Monday and Tuesday, I probably said uh, the same five minutes of words about 70 or 80 times, like to myself or under my breath, because I was uh, working on uh, my set. So I just didn't even watch wrestling at all. Plus, yeah, seven hours in the bed on Sunday, it really did burn me out. I believe it. I almost, uh, I almost didn't watch Dynamite. So <gasps> what is cool is that on NXT, they're having kind of a mini G1 to see who face Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup championship and it's two brackets it's two blocks of four guys and a win is two points a draw is one point and a loss is zero points and you know butch is in this um let me find who's in it real fast jason what do you think about this development um honestly i was surprised i didn't know how they were going to play it out who was going to be in the field i just you know they threw it out last week it was going to be an eight-man field. I just thought it was going to be just an eight-man tournament, and then you end up having the uh, the winner 
facing uh, Noam Dar, I guess it's at No Mercy or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, shit, you know me. This is this is G1 style as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, at that point, all you did was just made sure you, you got me invested for the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you think you'll tune in for this? Absolutely. And I actually really enjoy NXT when I watch it. I yeah. think the, the timing of it is bad. Tuesdays for me, especially with all the weekend shit. Yeah, you've said Um, that. I I think it's a really fun show. Like, it's kind of nonstop, and it's, like, pretty well put together, and the stories will last, like, throughout the episode. So, Group A. So, listen to this tournament. Group A is Axiom, Tyler Bate, Charlie Dempsey, a.k.a. William Regal's kid. (laughs) And, And... He is. He's he's William Regal's kid. I know, I know, I know. And Butch. And Group B is Duke Hudson, Joe Coffey, Akira Tozawa, and Nathan Frazier. Our Fraser. So that's a pretty good eight guys. And they got Akira Tozawa in there, which I think is really cool because the guy probably hasn't got to wrestle on TV like an actual match in so long. And uh, Butch is in there, too. And Butch went over Charlie Dempsey on night one. So they're having two matches every single NXT. And Joe Coffey went over Nathan Fraser. So uh, pretty cool. In... And also, when it ended, it looks like we're going to get Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov, too. Carmelo Hayes is pissed off because Trick Williams helped him in the first match, and he and he believes that that taints his title run, and he wants to I don't do know. it. Did he help him? He wants to do it without Trick Williams, which I think is a pretty, you know, I like that level of detail in that. And at the end of the episode, Carmelo Hayes knocks on HBK's door and says, "We got to talk," and walks in. NXT also very good about like cliffhanger endings or like, hey, something's happening that you're going to find out next week. So pretty good. What do you think about that, Jason? Uh, I think we're missing Wesley a little bit. I know he said he was going to take a little sabbatical, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a triple threat uh, of some sort going down the line. You do have time because they're building uh, up to this no mercy pay-per-view. So, it, it looks immediately like Dragunov, uh, Mellow 2. I wouldn't be surprised if Wesley got into this mix. But if it's singles, I'm good with it. Is it a triple threat? I'm good with He's that, gonna too. He's going to be the guest referee. And uh, <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to say was, so SmackDown and Raw and NXT were all filled with Bray Wyatt stuff. And I know that Dynamite last night was a little shorthanded because – a lot of guys left to go to Bray Wyatt's funeral, which was yesterday, and I know that there, there, some people were having trouble getting flights out of Florida because of the hurricane. Uh, no, not Hurricane Helms. But um, I know that it was a little <laughs> light. But SmackDown, L.A. Knight cuts a promo about he wouldn't call Bray Wyatt his best friend, but he learned something. L.A. Knight cut a really great babyface promo uh, right before the main event in SmackDown about Bray Wyatt. And I, I, I thought it was really good. Did Jason, did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they did a, a really good job of honoring Bray Knight, but still kind of sprinkling in a storyline or two here and there, especially on SmackDown. Raw was more so feeling like a, a normal Raw episode. But just for the SmackDown episode, I thought they did really good jobs across the board with little uh, tributes here and there. Outside of the packages that they did. And, Zach, I know you didn't watch it, but it ended with L.A. Knight going over Finn Balor clean in the main No, event. actually, I, 
I did watch SmackDown and I loved it. Yes. Uh, what uh, do you I, think I, about I LA Knight? So much. Sure. What do you think about LA Knight going over Finn Balor clean? I mean, good because I was just talking, you know, last week about him losing to Austin Theory essentially clean. I mean, it was a roll up, but um, you know, kind of a flash pin. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's solid. Um, you know, dude needs some momentum because he's got the fans behind him. Uh, but yeah, I actually, I love this episode of SmackDown. Um, very touching, the tributes. And I thought that Terry Funk might get short shrift because a lot of, you know, because Bray Wyatt's death overshadowing his because of his his death, you know, like his his peak was like we were talking about last week was uh, so long ago in comparison. So, uh, but they really did a great job with Terry too. Now, I think uh, having Cody come out and and talk about Terry personally was a smart move. You got one of the the most over guys in the company with a a connection, whether it's, you know, somebody that he's wrestling in the ring or in this case, you know, his father had a a long-term rivalry with uh, Terry Funk. You had that connection, and and anything that's coming from Cody right now is pretty much gold. So in this in that scenario, yeah, I was kind of wondering myself how they were going to do it. But once they said that they were going to have Cody come out and talk about uh, Terry Funk, it's it's just a smart move, you know. So in that scenario, SmackDown, I thought did a really good job honoring both guys. And then, like I said, Raw to me was the the usual Raw. You know, neither here nor there. Not saying it was good. Not saying it was bad. But uh, it was still. Bray heavy, which is to be expected. Uh, I forgot he won the title a second time. So, I mean, in that scenario, um, no, nah, I'm dead ass serious. I, I totally forgot about that. So, in that scenario, it was, it's good to, to have my memory jogged in situations like that. All right. Uh, we are an hour and a half in, and we still haven't talked about he who should not be named. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right, so Jack Perry does this spot on the glass, and apparently, apparently, it was CM Punk and Tony Giovanni who were who were saying Jack Perry shouldn't do the real glass spot. I don't know who got the veto. Stories vary. Correct. That's fair to say, right? Correct. That's fair to say. So Jack Perry yells, "You know what that is? That's real glass. Cry me a river," and then apparently goes backstage. Again, stories vary. Uh, Depends on who you believe, but one of them got in the other one's face, and then Punk pie faced him, and then Samoa Joe had to break it up, and then Punk and Samoa Joe had to it had to go out and wrestle a fucking great match, um, which they did. <laughs> Again, CM Punk is at the center of this. I'm not such a puritan or a babe in the wool to think that uh, backstage drama isn't fun for us fans. Um, it is pretty tiresome with Punk, though, because it is now fucking with my enjoyment of the show. Because if CM Punk is not, if CM Punk's going to get into these backstage altercations, these shoot fights with these guys, and then we're not going to see a match between them later on, then there really is no fucking point to it. I don't even know where to start with this. Jason, what are your thoughts? Um, just for all in itself um 
trust me, I I have a very hard time holding my tongue, obviously, in situations like this. It allows me to vent my frustrations. I don't have a, a therapist, so I can do my thing like Bill is. He's smarter than me in that scenario. I'm your therapist. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, this is my weekly therapy. I just don't pay for the shit. Um, I just... I find it a a little hard to understand how Punk just can't let this shit slide. It's not like he went up and slapped AJ. He's just making his point. He wants to do things his way because he thinks it has more of an effect. It's his body. So if he wants to go ahead and land his body through some glass, that's on him. I I get why other people don't want him to do it, but... I think ultimately that's Jack Perry's call. And if Jack Perry wants to do it, then let Jack Perry do it. And if you if Jack Perry has a problem with you vetoing it or saying that you shouldn't do it, then maybe CM Punk should just be like, you know what? I'm a grown ass man. He was talking about, you know, I'm working with, you know, I work for, you know, children. In this case, he was being the kid, too. He all he had to do was walk the fuck away. Trust me, it's hard. I got to do it's it like, every goddamn it's like, day. It's like Chris Rock says in the song, no sex in the champagne room. He's like, hey, fellas, <laughs> if, so, if you're in the club and somebody steps on your toe, let it slide, <laughs> Edward. Let it slide. <laughs> tremendous. Say, let it look tremendous shit. I got you. Let it slide, nigga. Let it slide. So, Zach, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, what's funny is you hear it and you're like, ah, I'm not surprised. And also at the same time, it ends up eclipsing, you know, everything else. It, it, it becomes the discourse, at least in a lot of areas. And uh, that's what's frustrating. That's why I'm glad we did talk about the show before we got into this because it is just, it's like Bill said online, it's just, messiness just a bunch of messy bitches man messiest bitches in the world dude (laughs) like i know punk said that he wants a drama free locker room like in collision like he's been quoted as saying he wants a drama free locker room that's like any like person that has in their tinder bio like no drama you know they're the craziest motherfucker oh my god yeah you the first one in the middle of the shit i don't know if the miro you know and altercation is a thing or not that's you know another story that has varying reports but to, for me now I've the, heard more of that and that just being them playing around like okay. I think just trying, trying to like diffuse or be like an icebreaker you know just kind of act silly um, and yeah that's what I lean towards because I, I can't imagine like uh, with Tongue he's got those like like hand-picked guys like on collision it's like there's a separation there and Miro's a collision guy I feel like Punk probably doesn't have any problems with any of those collision guys hey Zach can I uh what's up you know you know what the glass half full about this is I heard from the, uh, the reports that not only did Joe break up the fight but he grabbed um CM and was like we need to have this match that just says how great Joe is that not only does he break this shit up, but he's like, this is my spot. We're going to have this fucking match. Get the yeah, fuck yeah. out there. And that's the kind of leadership that CM Punk should be, but he's too 
big of a fucking coward to be. Yeah, Joe should be the collision locker room leader. Uh, you're right, because uh, I did hear that exact same thing or read the exact same thing. And, uh, I mean, Samoa Joe is a goddamn treasure. And also, like, if of all, like, there are a lot of large men in a professional wrestling locker room, but, like, out of, like, anybody in WWE almost, like, if Samoa Joe, like, told me to calm down, I'd be like, yep, okay, I'm, I'm walking away. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> I just got to tell you right now, I haven't even scratched the surface about how much fucking shit I want to talk about this. I'm so fucking pissed <laughs> you off. You go. It's so you fucking go. stupid. Listen, people are like, all these CM Punk apologists are like, well, uh, you know, it's really the fault of whoever leaked that story back there. It just sounds worse because shit's getting leaked. It's like this shit never gets leaked about Jericho. You never hear shit about Samoa Joe getting in backstage altercations with everybody. You never hear about MJF or Adam Cole or fucking Big Bill back there starting a bunch of shit. <laughs> the only person that you ever hear about starting shit is fucking CM Punk. Wow, wow. I mean, he's he, and he acts like he's like part of this new masculinity thing. He's like, you know, oh, he's very, you know, he's very fucking... He's he's liberal and shit, right? Like he's like trans lives matter, black lives matter. He's part of this new masculinity. But then that when somebody talks a little bit of shit to him in the camera and nobody knows what the fuck he's nobody knows what the fuck Jack Perry's talking about, that's what he takes huge offense to and has to get in a fist fight backstage because of it. Cause Jack Perry didn't fairly barely do fucking anything. He said cry me a river. See a punk should be big enough to fucking laugh that off and be like, that's a kid who's got a lot of fucking testosterone that's just healing off and he's in the heat of a moment in front of eighty thousand people and he's fucking jacked up and he's fucking excited and he's healing off. So you gotta start a fight and say, Do we have a problem with that? You fucking pussy? And you know what? You also do this shit. Where you wait until Hangman Page isn't even in the building, and then you cut a promo on him after the fucking show is off the air in front of eighteen thousand people. You cut a fucking huge scathing promo on Hangman Punk or Hangman Page when he's not there, and you guys aren't even in the program. But Jack Perry says something to your face, and you got a problem with it? Fuck you, Punk! God damn, what a fucking baby! And the baby you're in a workplace, and the, the biggest well. I wouldn't say the biggest problem, but the part of the reason why All Out feels like an afterthought is because Ricky Starks and CM Punk probably should be on this card for the real world heavyweight championship in some form or fashion. Instead, you have Ricky Starks and Ricky Steamboat, spoiler alert on my end. So in that scenario, he's not only did he make himself almost feel bigger than the event himself. He's a part of it, whether he wants to be or not, but now he's a part of it in a negative way. I guess, and now he's fucked up the next show a week later. I guess what I'm trying to say with his outward appearance about being very sensitive to, uh, to uh, like, fucking liberal issues, but really he acts like he's fucking ox from Saved by the Bell. Like, he has to fucking, he has to fight everybody like he's too dumb to, like, calm down. Like, I thought you're this sensitive dude. And goddamn, yeah, he- like, I am a sensitive dude. But, God, I'm not out there fucking starting fights with everybody that, uh, like, it's nothing. It's nothing. What a fucking idiot. Has, has skin because uh, that, I hadn't even thought about it, but you made that perfect connection. Both of the things, the Adam Page, 
and the the Jungle Boy, regardless of what they said, it was cryptic. Like the majority of people have no idea what they're even talking about, or that it's even in reference to something he either did or didn't do. And he just cannot handle that. He can't handle like any kind of criticism. He's like, I don't care what you think about me. He obviously cares. He's also the first one to run to the dirt team. Because, like, Nick Hausman's, like, the one that's leaking all this shit. And he's, like, when Nick Hausman says, we've learned, that just means CM Punk texted me and told me. Like, <laughs> that's all that means. Dude, if you, don't get, if you don't get along with your best friend, that he was your best friend for 20 years and now he doesn't get along with you, maybe he knows something that the rest of us should. I mean, I know that we've talked about this before, but th- he learned no lessons. I think Punk think he thinks he feels like he's untouchable, and and the way he acts makes me makes it makes it reinforced. You know, if you're worried about your job and job security, you're going to make sure you kind of toe the line. You might get pissed off about some things. You might say some breath, say some shit. You know, behind your breath. You know, the boss leaves after he chewing your ass out. You know, be like, man, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, you go about your business. You ain't gonna be doing no shit about you know. Just I'm gonna just wait for this guy to come back. You know after the match and then confront him then or talk shit on a promo or other shit he's done. The the first suspension that he got, and I put the suspension in quotes, is because he got hurt and then the shit happened just, after the fact. I shouldn't be this mad about this. This time needs to be a complete smack down crackdown. He does not even need to be at uh, the all out show. I was going to ask chances you, do you think are that he will be. I, what do I, you I, think, Zach? I would right say, no, say match. that. I would say he will be there. He will be a part of that Ricky Starr Steamboat match in some form or fashion. There you go. Ricky Starks is fighting Steamboat. <laughs> he called about it. I don't think that's actually going to happen. That I was think not on the Wikipedia. Okay, all right. I, th- I think there'll be some kind of like a proxy thing because uh, I mean that that I don't see that happening. I think Tony Khan um, needs to put his foot okay, down. Okay, then and then he shouldn't even appear. They should. Well, he shouldn't. But the rumor is the match going to be on All Out was going to be a strap match: Steamboat versus Ricky Starks. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he shows up. And, and I mean, I think they take the the whole thing like they, you know, they do the suspension, they do the investigation, like whatever. I don't know if they can wrap that up by then or not. Just um, the fact is, like, you get in one fight at your job, and they're like, "Hey, you do a really good job here, so like, we're gonna give you a pass here because that was kind of a messed up situation." And then, like, a year later, you just do it again. Like, nobody gets to keep their job. Like, And an even bigger get, show. Right. The show you probably don't want to be showing your ass in. He's showing his ass. The right. biggest show yeah. in company history. You should all be driving towards the same goal. Yeah. Like, pull him aside and talk to him. I, I, you know, there should be no, no, we, we should have did that a year Maybe ago. Maybe Jack Perry got in his face. Even if Jack Perry gets in his, matter. Punk's face, that means that those guys don't respect you, man. They don't respect yeah. CM Punk. Some of them probably do. Jack Perry, he probably he's probably tight with Hangman or something. You know, he's probably like, fuck this guy. Okay, even if he is. And Punk, you got to be able to take that, man. Thank you. Punk is. Punk was crying about, it being, you know, like I said, 
I'm working for children. I'm mad about working for kids. I'm, you know, I'm the adult in the room. Then be the, then if you're going to be the adult, then that means you got to be the adult all the fucking time. What you're supposed it to do. You don't get to pick and choose. What you're supposed to do. Like a fucking professional. Psychopath ain't a professional. That psychopath ain't a professional. He's a professional with Joe. Because he, because Joe be respects, Joe respects Punk. If if Punk feels like you don't respect him, that's the kicker. I, I do want look at the guys that he had problems. Lest with. you think I'm taking this too seriously, I do want to say this is tremendous content. <laughs> Thanks, CM Punk. I feel bad for our country, but this is tremendous con- <laughs> content. There's, there's it does distract me. It does do a nice job of distracting me from the fact that I probably don't have to worry about saving for retirement because I'll die of thirst. But uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> what? I think he's going on another float trip. <laughs> uh, no, God, no. Anything else? Oh, God. Anything else? That- no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else that you guys want to talk about with this? No, they just. Uh, no, I've got. Yeah, that's enough. All right, all right. Uh, we're like two. We're an hour and forty-five minutes into this. All right, that'll do it for the three count. I'm just blown away by the. Uh, there are fireworks going on in my neighborhood. Yeah, this, the the magnitude of this three twenty-three BFR episode, we get fireworks for this shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right, Rod CM Funk too. You motherfucker. All right, that'll do it for our three count. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got two pay-per-views to do predictions for. Okay, so we had a discussion. Uh, Zach picked Naito correctly. So we had a discussion, and we decided that was worth five points because I think the night that we figured it out, I was too stoned, and I forgot to assign a point total to it. So it was five points. So four predictions for AEW All-In. Coming in last place, we got Jason Cornelius Bell with seven. Coming in second place, once again, the middle child, Zach Pullman with seven. And coming in first place with seven points (laughs) is Bill Vey. First place again, guys. First place. So totals right now, Zach is in the lead. Zach takes the lead with that Naito pick. He has 58 points. JCB was 57 points. Bill Vegas was 53 points. But plenty of time to make it up with some crazy-ass predictions on these two. Because <laughs> you know Jesus. I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Oh, Jesus Becky Christ. Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a cage match. Zach, who you got? Oh, man. I... I don't know. I, I'm not even looking forward to this because their last match was just not good. Um, let me think. Uh, Becky, Trish. Uh, it's going to be Becky. I mean, this is probably it. So I feel like if it's it, then it's Becky. Who you got, Jason? It's Becky Lynch. Okay, I am taking Trish Stratus. Right off the bat, I'm fucking up because I think that <laughs> Tiffany, I think Tiffany Stratton 
is going to interfere in this match, and Becky Lynch is going down to NXT for a while to face Tiffany Stratton. They've been teasing it for a little while, so I'm going out on a limb, and I'm taking Str Trish Stratus. So coming up next, we have Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Uh, Jason, who you got? I'm going to take Ray to retain. Uh, I know L.A. Knight is on the horizon. I wouldn't be surprised to see. And I'm somehow tying this into Santos Escobar, turning on Ray at some point, helping L.A. Knight to win the title. But that's another story for another time. Ray Mysterio wins this match. Yeah, I think the Santos-Ray thing is going to happen sometime in the very near future. I cannot see them putting this back on Austin Theory. That guy is cold as ice. Mm. I'm taking Rey Mysterio to retain. Who you got, Zach? Yeah, it's Rey. All right. And we have LA Knight versus The Miz. I'll go first. Uh, this is in... I, can they delay this any longer? I would be impressed if they did, but I don't trust them to. I'm taking LA Knight. Who you got, Jason. Yeah, the, the the LA Night booking does not always inspire confidence. Um, it's the Miz. It Miz should be able to take this L. It, it should it should feel like a slam dunk. It doesn't. It feels more like a, a layup or more of like a, a mid range jumper. But I'm gonna go ahead and pull the trigger. I'm gonna say LA Night wins the match. Zach, who you got? Yep, LA Night. Miz does not win singles matches. Or any matches. It's totally fine. Look, he won the title, goddammit. Uh, next up, we have RR versus RR is what I have written down. I don't know. R Rhea Ripley versus Ra Ra Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, but I don't know which one is which. I don't know if the first one is Rhea Ripley uh, I would say one, that uh, but, uh, Raquel uh, should be the first one because we'll she's the, top, uh, the, the challenger. We'll let Zach go first. Who you got? And my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. We didn't hear you said. I'm gonna. Uh, we didn't hear who you said. I assume that you said Raquel Rodriguez. Rhea so I'll put that. Yeah, just cover the bases. <laughs> I am taking Rhea Ripley also, and that is also my Stone Cold Lead Pipe of the Lock of the Week. Jason, ditto. You're putting the lock on it. Let's see how we evolve. Got a whole new thing going here. Uh, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day A-Team, which is Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Jason, who do you got? Um, it, It's KO and Sami. It's, it's as much as I, I think their run is going to end probably sometime in 2023, but just not right now. Um, this is going to further the division between the judgment day not saying that they break up but um at least the division between finn and damian priest so yeah i'll take uh sammy and ko who you got zach yeah sammy and ko just not the time to take it off of them you know if they put this on finn balor and damian priest they could have everybody have gold on judgment day and Damian Priest could walk out as champion before the night's over. I mean, they could have all the belts. I don't see him doing that. I'm taking KO and Sammy. Sorry, that's boring. And then finally, we have Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura in what I have to say has been a very good three-week build 
Uh, I want to see this match. They've made me believe that Shinsuke Nakamura can win this match. There's no way I'm making that bet, though. I'm taking Seth Rollins. Uh, Jason, who you got? I ain't going as far as to say they made me believe that Shinsuke is going to win the match, but they made me at least want to see the match itself. So in that scenario, I will agree with you to a certain degree, but once again, not the time for Seth Rollins, at least in my mind, to drop the title. Not the right person. Um, Nakamura does some damage to break down Seth Rollins for him ultimately to cough up the title, but this ain't the time. Uh, Zach. Yeah, this is going to be a good match, and they've done a good job, like you said, with a, a short build, but it's, it's Rollins. This actually kind of reminds me of uh, a pay-per-view. Like, remember whenever they were doing, when we kind of first started the podcast, there was a pay-per-view every two weeks. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. like a Raw one and then a SmackDown one, and it was like four. It was like three to four week builds for each one. That's yeah. kind of what this feels like. I agree. Uh, so, man. That is a boring-looking board. The only difference that any of us have is I have Trish Stratus, and we know that's going to be wrong. So <laughs> you guys are probably going to... I think it's going to be a fine show, but, like, I'm going camping this weekend, and, like, I don't care that I'm not going to watch this live at all. Like, I'm going to look forward to watching it when I get back. Okay, like, now you see... You, okay, okay. Now you see how... You see how you just did this right there, right? Okay, I'm going camping this weekend. This motherfucker going to get some money. You going to talk about he's going to be here two weeks? Two times a week? Give me a fucking break. That oh, motherfucker yeah. going all Camping con- free, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> every day. <laughs> okay, thank you. We're going to have to find some way to get some Wi-Fi out to this motherfucker in some form or fashion. Give me a break. Zach, I'm going to a wedding that you were invited to also. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no boys out there. Nope. I don't even know who's I'm going. I'm not even sending a gift. <laughs> Cold-blooded. You know, jo- you know Joey listens to this, don't you? <laughs> uh, so, and one week after All In, we have All Out. Nine matches. Count them nine matches on the card. We're going to start at the... Bubble. Nine times? Uh, we got <laughs> Luchasaurus versus Darby <laughs> Allen for the TNT title. Who you got, Zach? Uh, Luchasaurus, we got to keep this Christian Cage thing going. Uh, I am taking Darby Allen. Darby, don't lose. Who you got, Jason? I'm so fucking torn right here. It's just, just, I hate the fact that they're even doing this goddamn match. Uh, heart says Lucha, mine says Darby. I'm picking mine on this one. I'm taking Darby Allen. Coming up next, we have Miro versus Hobbs. Jason, who you got? This is going to be a banger, dude. Yeah, I, I see you over there, man. I, this is going to be one of the few matches that I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, once again, I'm torn. I, I like both guys. Um, I think Miro has to get some sort of push, but Hobbs does need one too. I'm going to take Miro. Just It just feels like he should win this match. Sorry, who'd you take in the last one, Luchasaurus or Darby Allen? I took Darby Allen. Okay, uh, so Miro versus Hobbs. I'm gonna take Miro just because I hope Miro beats Hobbs. Is Miro if Miro's out here jobbing the Hobbs, uh, then they're done with him. The loser of this match is not necessarily a loser, but it, it's. But Miro's quite a bit older than Hobbs. 
I'm not disagreeing with that. Now that's why I'm like, I really think this should be a mural spot, but it's going to be big mini men slapping meat. I know that for a fact. Who you got, Zach? I think uh, Hobbs is on the way up. Hero is not to stop that ascension because um, he does come off like a monster. And he just hasn't been around that much, and I feel like Miro almost needs this more than Hobbs, really. So I'm going to go Miro. All right. Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TNT Championship. You know, we have not seen Jade Cargill in a while. Um, I am going to take, you know, they're getting ready to tell this whole outcast story. Are they going to do that with Ruby Soho with a belt? I don't think think so i'm going chris statlander jason who you got uh i don't know if we can do a second lead pipe mock of the week because it's a second pay-per-view if we can this will be mine um no reason in the world that i would see chris statlander dropping the t tbs title to ruby soho ain't no way chris statlander wins zach who you got uh yeah chris statlander and if we are doing stone cold lead pipe block of the week this is it. That is surprising. I never would have thought of putting a uh, lock on this. You guys are Statlander Marks. You are Statlander Mark. No, I'm not, actually. I, I think that she's taking the... Uh, He's like, no, I'm not. I hate her. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't hate her. No, I don't. I just think that she's doing... She's taking the Jade. They're doing the same thing that they did with Jade with Chris Statlander. Same opponents. Same dominance. I get it. But to me... There's nothing that Chris Statlander hasn't done that Jade hasn't already done. That's all I'm saying. To me, this is no different. Ruby Soho is just the next in line for her to beat until we figure out the next hot person that they bring in. If they get Mercedes Monet next week, if they get Mariah May the week afterwards, they'll be, they'll be might be the ones to maybe beat Chris Statlander. I thought maybe Tyre Valkyrie might be the one, but Tyre Valkyrie's on Rampage now, so you know you make the call. Mariah Bay would be an interesting gift. Uh, she would be, but once again, the booking always fears me. So, yeah, great talent, just not necessarily something that I would be excited to see under the AEW umbrella right now. Bullet Club Gold, the Bang Bang Gang, <laughs> versus the Young Bucks and FTR in a four-on-four match. Uh, Zach, I should have worn about Jay White's shirt. Zach, it's your turn to go first. Um, I'm going to go with Bullet Club Gold. Uh, they just, uh, you know, I think they establishing them the whole threat, mostly because of the, the young guns. Uh, so I think Bullet Club Gold's going to eat this way out. I don't think it'll be clean at all, but I think they're going to do it. Yeah, I'm taking Bullet Club Gold. Also, this is a good way to have the Young Bucks and FTR sow some more seeds of descent. I just don't think, even though they just had finished the trilogy, it just doesn't feel like they're quite done. Uh, Jason, what do you think? You stole my thunder with the seed, sowing the seeds of uh, dissension between the Bucks and FTR. They didn't hug it out. They didn't shake hands. Bullet Club Gold interrupted them before they got to uh, – do the kumbaya portion of the program. So, yeah, I'm going to take the bang, bang, gang on this one. Um, so, okay. Right Sorry, I love saying it. <laughs> I'm surprised I don't say it more. Okay, so right now there's going to be some spoiler alerts for Rampage. 
So better than you, baby. It says versus the winner of the ROH Tag Team Battle Royal on 9-1. It looks like somebody has gone back and changed Wikipedia since I looked at it earlier because it definitely said the Dark Order earlier. So I don't know who the two... I think it was Stu Grayson and uh, Alex Reynolds. It would probably be Silver. It's Josh Silver. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That, that's right. So, uh, but anyway, who are you taking? Jason. I'm, I'm just... Stunned. It, I, I should be stunned. I, I just whatever. Um, I just I don't. Colin MJF. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, I am also taking Colin MJF. That's Who you got horrible. Zach. Man, this really actually should have been my Stone Cold website block of the week. Uh, this is a tremendously like milk toast uh, matchup. Like at least give them like Bennett and Taven. Yeah, this sucks. It sucks. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. Uh, Jason, who you got? I know. I'll I'll just speak for myself. I'm excited for this match. I'm a Shane Taylor guy. I remember him being the ROH champion or dominant ROH TV champion for a while. I had better choice of words. So to me, this is the two most dominant ROH TV champions. Uh, getting together another m- big meaty man slapping meat kind of match. Um, I want, I really want Shane Taylor to win, but I just think this is still Samoa Joe's time. I agree with you, especially coming off the loss of Punk at All Out or All In. He needs to win at All Out. I'll take Samoa Joe. I am taking Samoa Joe. Also, I do want to watch this match though. Zach. Yeah, Samoa Joe. Uh, okay, we have Eddie Kingston, Shibata versus Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. Another match I think was made on Rampage. Um, who you got, Jason? Um, just hearing it for the first time. Um, little brothers in it. Little brothers probably taking the pin. Is setting up more so for Eddie and Claudio down the line. So I'll take Eddie and uh, Shibata. I don't think you're going to waste Shibata and a white Shibata appearance by having him lose or being on the losing team. And like I said, ultimately, I think this is Eddie and Claudio's longer storytelling. So yeah, I'll take the baby faces. Zach, who you got? I think Eddie pins Claudio in this match to set up for their ROH world tag team or world title. Nice match. Yeah, I think Eddie Kingston and Shibata also win. Uh, this could steal the show. This match could be fucking awesome. Uh, looking forward to it. And then finally we have... You know what's funny to me? Yeah. That Wheeler... For some reason, I always assumed Wheeler Yuta's name was really Wheeler Yuta because I didn't think anybody would actually pick that, but it's not. Like, that's the name that he chose. I think Wheeler's... I think Wheeler sounds cool. Do you know that Adam Colt's not his real name? Shut up. No, Adam Cole is not his real name. Hold on. You didn't know that? No, I'm being facetious. Why would you name yourself Adam Cole? Baby. Austin Jenkins. That's so great. His name is Austin Jenkins. And he goes by Adam Cole. That's pretty weird. Uh, So we know. uh, Kenny Omega has the best name that. Key change. I mean, Kenny Omega is like a much more epic name, but like Tyson Smith is a pretty excellent wrestling name. 
You know what a That's great like, wrestling name is? Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, that motherfucker's dope. And his name is Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker's dope. <laughs> Don't change a goddamn thing. <laughs> Whose name is uh, Ricky know. Steamboat? It's like Charlie Choo Choo Train. <laughs> uh, so we got Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. Zach, go first. Oh, shit. Um, I think that Kenny has been losing a lot lately, but I don't think he loses this one. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where he sells a lot and he ends up overcoming him as a Wiley veteran. Uh, but I still, I think it's going to be more of a thing where eventually Takeshita overcomes and he's able to send him in a singles match, but just not at all out. Uh, um, man, 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 man. Once again, torn between two lovers. Um, I'm a, I'll agree with you. I think ultimately, I think Kenny Omega wins it. I will, in the big picture, I want to catch to win this feud. But if we're playing chapters in a book, this is just the chapter where Kenny kind of gets some get back. On this one, I would not be surprised to see Takeshita win this, especially if there's some Don Cowers fuckery, and I would expect it to be Don Cowers fuckery. There is no family, so it would be just for him. I don't think you're definitely not doing the Sammy Guevara flip right now. So um, I think ultimately, somehow, some way, Don Cowers gets involved, and I still think Kenny Omega wins. It's not a knock on Takeshita. I think he'll be just fine. Uh, I am picking Takeshita. Mostly because I really want to catch to go over. Omega's lost a bunch lately. He doesn't really need a bounce back. I think a story of him losing a bunch and then having him make a big return to a title run would be the way to go. And I think you make Takeshita with a win over Kenny Omega. I mean, he is fucking made with a win over Kenny Omega, and he's the right guy to do it. So... Uh, I am taking Takeshita because I hope that's what happens. I hope you're right. Me too. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we have Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the Intercontinental Battle, Intercontinental Title, International, dude. International, ti- international title. International <laughs> title. be over here like, what the fuck? I, man, I will whoop. I'll whoop you and you. <laughs> yeah. Man. Now I want to see. Now I want to see Gunther versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, man, man Gunther have a field. That, well, I shouldn't say that, but it, it it would be a couple of those shots where I just like, oh my god, is Orange still alive? The handprint is on his chest. I'm sorry about that mini stroke. Uh, <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus Moxley for the international title. Uh, Orange Cassidy, this is the belt that he's made, and it will be remembered as that for a long, long time. Jason, who do you have? I always said that John Moxley would be the one to take the title off of Orange Cassidy. Rubber meets the road. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to say Moxley wins the title off of Orange Cassidy. It's not, it wouldn't be a bad thing for Orange, because at some point, Orange has to lose. If he loses to Moxley, which I think he ultimately he does, it's not the end of the world. Moxley can travel with this belt more. Not saying that Orange Cassidy can't, but Moxley's much more of a bigger name. Orange has built this up. It's time for Moxley to make this a, a much more of an international title, so to speak. So, yeah, I'm going to take John Moxley to take the title. Zach, who do you got? 
Yeah, I've got Moxley. Um, he's done such a great job with the belt. If he loses it to a mid-card guy, it's just a mid-card belt. If he loses it to John Moxley, it's a different story, and it elevates the title because Moxley is like just he's just that dude for AEW. He just is. Um, he's the old reliable man, and he will always give you an absolutely great show and just be there. Like he's just absolutely reliable. So um, yeah. Moxley and I'm excited for that run like let's take a nap sorry you broke up there for a second I am also taking Moxley and I just think if you're telling the right story kayfabe style kayfabe style John Moxley needs to be the he needs to be the one to stop Orange Cassidy Orange Cassidy is so tired he has said he's so tired he just he's not going to be able to get through the big bad that is John Moxley and that makes the most sense. John Moxley should be able to beat a beat down Orange Cassidy. I think that Orange Cassidy is going to take a beating in this match. I think he's I think John Moxley is going to going to do a number on him. I think there'll be some really great hope spots and I think that John Moxley ultimately goes over. Uh, I don't think he pins him. I think it's a uh... A referee stoppage, like pass out, a la Stone Cold. I would be totally cool with that. Hey, guys, that was our AEW all-out predictions. Very, very boring, I got to say. Basically all the same. I got Takeshita. Dax got Lucha. Fuck. That's all right. I got to keep pace with you guys. (laughs) I've had a taste of that first place before. (laughs) Tasty. Good. Uh, <laughs> hey everybody, we got some birthdays this week. We got uh Jeff Hardy is forty six, Mickey James is forty four, Athena is thirty five, Bam Bam Bigelow sixty two. R.I.P. Canadian Sammy Callahan is thirty six, TJP is thirty nine, the bunny is thirty six, Karma uh slash awesome Kong is 46. Xavier Woods is 37. Sin Cara, the Hunico one, is 46. Mm-hmm. And Braun Strowman is 40. Gotta say, damn shame we gotta start separating the two Sin Caras. <laughs> hey everybody, we know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Edna the Baby, for Reba the Dog, Double for check, Billy check, the Cat, for check. Xander the Cat, check. for Aaron the Wife, for Tinder Mahal, Double check. For Lucha Chris. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. For Patriot Pat. Check. For Vice. Check. For Two Beer, Three Beer, Zach Coleman. Check. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Beat you I wild, am bitches. Check. Everybody, Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Double check. And never, ever, ever forget to boo the heels. Boo!